do you do you want to go check out some landmarks? Because I realized I've been in the hospital for three weeks and I haven't masturbated since. I mean, that guy with the Hartford Whalers jersey who I think actually is just jerking off on the cor- on the street corner does look like he could use some company. So why don't we why don't we why don't we go do that? Assuming the armed guards in this hospital for some reason let us out. Well, I guess before we do that, do you want to talk about Chucky? No? That's too goddamn bad. Hello, my name is Stefan Salejo, and with me today Uh is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, we're sleep sleep deprived, and today we're back back at it with another another episode of Sequel Decay. Uh, The show... Anyway, today we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is this is supposed to be the episode that like I'm the happiest we're doing. This is supposed to be the one that like I'm like head over heels excited. Oh yeah. For. So to give the audience some some context, um, when we were scheduling this episode a few a few a few months back, we all decided that okay, well, around our respective birthdays, we're gonna do we're gonna do an episode for that specific person. Uh, so Brandon picked something that I'm not gonna mention, both because I don't want to spoil it and also because I completely forgot. And Chris picked something that for a, for the longest time I had sworn we weren't gonna do on the show. Like sworn up and down, and Brandon was like so opposed to it, he wasn't even on the episode. So, Chris, what exactly are we watching today? We are doing the Debbie Does Dallas. I, th- I think I think that's like the only thing that can actually justify that level of controversy. <laughs> Wait, that's a franchise. I think there's several Deb- Debbie Does Dallas pictures. I, I'm on Wikipedia right now. It spawned an off-Broadway musical. Yeah, it's a yeah, franchise. it is a franchise. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, okay, no. What we're actually talking about is Lars von Trier's uh, little "I'm a Nazi" thing at Cannes. Mm. Sorry, we're spending six out. That's right. I've been begging to do this for so a long. A six-hour nymphomaniac episode. Jesus God! <laughs> if just a little longer than if that ever gets seriously brought up, I will just quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> what we're actually doing, and I cannot believe it was this controversial between mm. us. We're doing Chucky. <laughs> yes, this is the franchise that nearly tore sequel decay asunder. <laughs> a movie like, about a, a a little puppet that sometimes calls women whores. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give everyone some context as to why Chucky was so controversial for us. Yeah. So in 2019, Brandon came to us and said we should do a podcast, and we just kind of went yeah. okay. And then when we realized what we were doing, mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, we should do an episode on Chucky." And you and Brandon both said, "No." It was, I believe, it was something lines of Chris, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah, it was. It was. It was that, and then later it became emphatic nose. And I would try re-asking every three months. Roughly, yeah, that was the time frame we were looking at. 
I mean, there was a point where, like, we had agreed that, like, we can do the episode such as long as you and Brandon weren't on, which would mean I'd have to find another co-host. Yeah. For one episode. Yeah. I sometimes forget that this podcast is, like, as old as it is. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I thought, like, okay, well, because I basically started talking about, like, doing Chucky around the time we started doing the show. Yeah, exactly. And we're go. And I was thinking, like, we're going on the show being like three. I think the show might be three. All- it's like almost three years old at this point. God, I've been trying to get Chucky off the ground for three years. Mm. I guess just to say, like, why I was so like adamantly opposed to it for a while. When I was like a little kid, um, like I didn't watch horror movies really, but I had a few friends who started watching horror movies when they were like, I don't know nine through 12 years old somewhere around there and uh they when they watched like child's play or the chucky movies as as i didn't even know they they were called child's play until it was in like high school um they they they're they're like reports back were like this is like the scariest fucking movie i've ever seen like like if you if you don't like horror you're gonna hate this movie i was like all right fuck it then i'm not gonna watch the movie and then as i got older I still kind of thought that, but I also, like, saw that there were movies like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky that existed, and I just figured, well, this looks fucking stupid. I'm not going to waste my time on it. And then I met you, and I started watching more horror, uh, more horror, basically, as a result of that, and I still kind of thought that way about Child's Play and Chucky. And uh, then I don't know what prompted me exactly saying yes to this time i think it was because we established like the birthday thing and i just felt like i had fallen into a trap basically yeah (laughs) Yeah. well fuck i walked right into that one (laughs) well because i i I remember originally i had picked texas chainsaw massacre yeah which i still really want to do no but i remember picking texas chainsaw because we were going to talk shit about the new movie Mm -hmm. and then i (laughs) and then i realized wait it's my birthday episode i can do whatever i want we <laughs> got these fuckers by the balls <laughs> because these fuckers by the balls we're doing chucky <laughs> i remember that i don't remember I why almost, i was almost convinced i think it was because of i think it was the way i angled it and i said like one it's gonna be an interesting conversation for a myriad of reasons but the big one i had kind of brought up was like how it adapted to the horror landscape over the 40 or so years mm-hmm. that it had been around. Mm-hmm. That was, that was my hook, line and sinker. Yeah. And the jokes on both of us, because now I just want to spend three hours talking about the scene where Chucky jerks off into a cup. <laughs> Which is fair. <laughs> you know, and no, but I, and I also always kind of knew, like, if any of these fucking slasher things are going to be up your alley, it was going to be Chucky. Yeah. It was, it was never going to be anything else. Mm-hmm. But I figured, okay, I've convinced him to do Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. If I can convince him to do that, I can convince him to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I convinced Stefan to do Chucky finally. Mm-hmm. It took, it like, it took three fucking years. Mm-hmm. But I convinced him to do Chucky. <laughs> just that that the let that be a lesson to you folks. If you ever want me to do something, just just wear me down. I'll roll over soon enough. <laughs> yeah, it'll take three years, but but also 
those kids who told me that these were the scariest movies ever made must have all been on crack because these movies are like the least scary things I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> but you were you were you were right. They are stupid. I never fucking lied to you about. Oh that. no, I, I that is that. If anything, that was I was completely completely correct about. Oliver. So we're going to be talking about the eight Child's Play or Chucky movies, depending on. Depend, I guess depending on what you call them, uh, we're gonna, but we're gonna kind of segment it off into like the different eras because, like Chris said, Chucky does like a very strange thing where it kind of will seamlessly adapt like the dominant horror mood of the time that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the f- the first era that we'll be looking at is like the original trilogy, trilogy. So Child's Play, Child's Play Two, and Child Child's Play Three. Look who's stalking. We'll go into the two, um, into I guess Chucky's middle period, uh, his wedded years, um, with Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Oh yes, the honeymoon era. Mm-hmm. We'll go into uh, I don't I don't know what we'll call it, like uh, the uh, revival period, uh, with Curse of Chucky sure. and Cult of Chucky, and we'll. Ended off with a quick discussion on the reboot, the 2019 Child's Play reboot that was like basically completely unsanctioned by the original creative team. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, uh, it's worth going into some context, especially on like both horror comedies and like the slasher genre at the point in time of like the original Child's Play trilogy in in, in the kind of the later 80s. Um. Chris, do you want to take it away? I mean, no. I I only watched these for the first time yesterday. Well, that was a nice episode of Sequel Decay, folks. Uh, I think we all learned a lot. (laughs) We learned that there were multiple movies in the Debbie Does Broadway or whatever the fuck franchise. Okay, so, yeah, I owe you all an explanation as to what the hell is going on in the world of horror at this point in time mm-hmm. so by the time child's play came out so that'd be 1988 mm. horror was kind of interesting mm. <laughs> um, child's play comes out in 1988 the horror genre even slashes at this point it was kind of clear that this feels like the medium through line between like the birth of the slasher genre and kind of the fits peak mm-hmm. to like the, the what it kind of became in the 90s thanks to Scream. Right. Which in a way revitalized it, which is fucking fascinating when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But that's here or there. Mm-hmm. But like uh, everything seemed campier. The Friday the 13th movies were getting stupider and stupider by the minute. Mm. I do not remember if this is the year when Jason Takes Manhattan came out. Mm. But holy fuck would I not be shocked. Jason Takes Manhattan yeah. came out in 1989. So close enough. <laughs> um, and Jason Takes Manhattan is one of the stupidest movies ever made. Yes, it is called Jason Takes Manhattan. There's a scene where he like kicks a guy's head off. That's pretty sick. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and like the Friday the third, no, not the Friday the third. I just talked about those. Yeah. Like, so the Jason movies are getting dumber because like 
instead of Jason being kind of depicted the way he was kind of in the originals, which was still kind of campy, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they tried more for a, they basically just kind of made him a big, dumb, indestructible oaf. Mm-hmm. He's basically the Homer Simpson of the slasher group. Right, right. You know, except he's indestructible. Yeah. Which is great. Mm-hmm. And it's just really stupid. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were getting goofier by the minute. Mm. In case Nightmare on Elm Street 2 didn't fucking give it away. Right. But like 4 and 5 were like really goofy at this point. Like basically it turned into like... And we were, we were also kind of seeing it with, like, Freddy's Nightmares and shit, too. Not as bad in Freddy's Nightmares. Like, it's worse in the sequels. Mm-hmm. But in stuff like, yeah, like, the later Nightmare on Elm Street sequels, it basically just becomes, like, Freddy Krueger just workshopping his stand-up act before he kills you. <laughs> and it's just really fucking goofy. There is, again, there is there is room at this table for all of this crap. It is fine. Mm-hmm. But this was a very weird time because, yeah, like these movies were getting campier and dumber and they were a lot of this comes down to like, oh, these movies are kind of being rushed into production. Nobody really knows where the fuck to take this thing on an actual narrative level. Mm -hmm. You know, like half the time it's like, let's just get these things made. Let's put them together as shoddily as possible. Let's not really put a lot of effort into this. Because at the end of the day, the people who are going to go see it are teenagers who are just there to not look at the screen, but look at each other. Yeah. And also at this point, we were seeing some kind of interesting stuff. Like, we were kind of seeing some interesting stuff with, like, the rise of the horror comedy in the late 80s. Uh, This is how we got Evil Dead 2. This is how we got Monster Squad. This is how we got Night of the Creeps. This is how we got Fright Night. Mm-hmm. And Fright Night plays a huge part here, too, because the director of the original Child's Play is a guy named Tom Holland, mm-hmm. who, yes, in fact, is the same man who is playing Spider-Man right now. Yes, he actually de-aged. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, they actually de-aged him with CGI. That's how he looks so prim and proper. And they just keep de-aging him with CGI whenever he goes on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Zendaya, Zendaya and them are actually dating. It's true. And... You know, she she's been on the record as saying, "Yeah, I love the original Fright Night. That's why I fuck him." Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know that the, the reason that the de aging technology usually looks like shit in Marvel movies is because they're using all those they're using all the resources on Tom Holland. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland directed Child's Play. He also wrote and directed Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Now, Stefan, have you seen Fright Night? I've never seen Fright Night. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the plot of Fright Night, and I want to tell you if it sounds... And I want you to tell me if it sounds like anything you've seen recently. Mm-hmm. So, it's about this teenage kid mm-hmm. who inadvertently discovers that his next-door neighbor is a vampire. Okay. And that he's... And he's killing people. Okay. And when all these bodies start coming up and all these people start disappearing, he tries telling them, yeah, the guy next door did it because he's a vampire and nobody believes him. And so he goes on this little quest to track down or well, one to track somebody down who can help him. But also like this is where, yeah, this is where Peter Vincent comes in. So yeah, like track someone down to help him. And then, yeah, like they, they try to stop 
the vampire neighbor once and for all because nobody else believes him. Uh, what does that remind you of? Uh, let me uh, let me just check my notes here. Um, it reminds me of every Chucky movie. Yes. <laughs> Suffice to say, Tom Holland was the perfect pick to direct Chucky. Yes, yes, he was. Um, Fright Night's also one of my favorites, but yeah, so like... Well, and also we're seeing Fright Night kind of around the same time that like Jallos were starting to kind of really rise too, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because there is kind of that murder mystery aspect Mm -hmm. and that that semi-neo-noir aspect to something like Fright Night. Mm -hmm. This is not me saying that Fright Night's Jallo. Mm -hmm. That's not true Mm -hmm. because that's just stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's definitely heavily influenced by the Jallo to some degree. Mm-hmm. And it shows mostly in like its narrative. Right. It shows there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of kind of shit mm-hmm. you can kind of go into as far as like where horror was at this point. Because, yeah, like you're looking at the rise of the Jallo, which I, I do. I would make an argument kind of influenced Fright Night to a degree and therefore Child's Play. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're also looking at like, yeah, like I said, the rise of horror comedies, and you're looking at kind of how slashers kind of became goofier. Mm -hmm. Like, this shit was getting campy as fuck by this point. Mm -hmm. And now with that said, I guess I'm going to quickly take a minute to talk about how Don Mancini got like kind of came up with this idea, because you can't really talk about these movies without talking about Don Mancini. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who's so, basically been involved with the franchise in some way or another, like, except for the reboot. Yeah, like, he's basically been doing this since, like, the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Don Mancini just had the story from, from like, minute one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess he thought of it when he was studying as a film major at U of C. Right. And so he... I'm, I'm quoting Wikipedia here. He was inspired by the consumerism of the 1980s and the effect of marketing on children based on his experiences with his father, an ad executive. Mm. Um, Mancini's troubled relationship with his own father and his experiences of alienation as a gay man caused him to center the script around a child with a single mother and no father figure. Right. Um, he's also... It, he's also kind of said on several occasions, like he's he was influenced by like Poltergeist. He was influenced by you know Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that's why Chucky's kind of a smart ass is kind of again because of the Freddy Krueger syndrome, right? Right, right. Um, you know, obviously, when we talk about consumerism in the nineteen eighties, like the big the big thing that's going to come up, especially when you look at the design of Chucky, is like the Cabbage Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I it's it's weird to think about it. It's weird to think that, like, those fucking dolls mm-hmm. cause such a fucking uproar. Yeah. And we'll never see a toy like that again. Probably not. <laughs> no. Probably not. Like, was there ever a toy in our childhood that was that big? It's not really toys, but, like, maybe, like, Pokemon assorted merchandise. But that's not necessarily just toys. No, but I, I think it does kind of count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe besides Pokemon, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, no, like, the Cabbage Patch Kids were, like, a huge fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, people were, like, beating the shit out of their 
friends and neighbors just to get their their hands on a Cabbage Patch Kid for their fucking child. Mm. But yeah, like obviously what was going on. Well, yeah, obviously kind of like looking at like how, yeah, like the Cabbage Patch Kids were marketed towards children and like how heavily marketed they were towards children and how that kind of fucks them up too. Because there is also the kind of that social alienation of like kind of finding solace and friendship in an inanimate in an inanimate object yeah that's true which is fascinating Mm -hmm. um but the other the other big influence that and i wish i kind of brought this up as a recommended viewing um but there is yeah but like one of the other big influences was um the twilight zone episode living doll right from season five Mm -hmm. i would say like the annabelle movies are closer to like aping off this right but there's definitely elements of like living doll and child's play it it, like it shows Mm -hmm. like that's kind of the context and like after don mancini kind of came up with the idea um you know david kirshner got involved because he wanted to make a film about a killer doll Mm. um the name got changed a few times because it was originally called batteries not included and then it became blood buddy blood buddy <laughs> yeah which is awesome mm. and yeah and then and then eventually don manzini kind of wrote a script and it was originally yeah it was originally more of a whodunit so like mm. you like there was never going to be a point where you would see chucky come to life until like towards the end it was more of like a psychological like okay is andy actually insane or like mm. what's going on here yeah and it was going to be more of a satire mm-hmm. or you know other people were getting involved like united artists picked it up eventually after looking through several different um after going through several different considered directors they ended up picking tom holland right because steven spielberg was like yeah yeah i gave her <laughs> um, the other some of the some of the other picks were William Friedkin. Okay. Irvin Kirshner. All right. <laughs> um and Robert Wise. Well, well was Francis Ford Coppola busy or something? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the guy who directed um the guy who directed West Side Story and the Sound of Music, who also edited Citizen Kane, Robert fucking Wise. <laughs> was offered chucky (laughs) (laughs) and i can't want the the and i cannot stress this enough movie about a puppet who calls women whores sometimes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then eventually tom holland got picked because um steven spielberg recommended him Mm -hmm. and there was a couple people that were considered for chucky there was John Lithgow, who was mm. considered, before they ended up going with uh, Brad Dorif. Mm-hmm. He was initially unavailable to record because mm-hmm. he was busy with something else. Right. So they cast Jessica Walter. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she was let go. Yeah. Apparently you <laughs> because, said because um, she wasn't funny enough? Or... It was something like that, yeah, like, um, yeah, because, like, they they did a two-hour rough cut that they screened for test audiences, and it didn't go well, and they ended up cutting 25 minutes out. Gee, mm. I wonder why. Mm. Um, 
apparently it was to reduce the amount of time Chucky was on screen, which is like, that's too bad. I, 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 I want more Chucky. Yeah. Chucky's great. I want this. <laughs> I want this rough cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they caught 25 minutes out of the movie. Uh, Tom Holland ended up leaving production cause they were arguing about like Chucky's screen time. Right. But one of the things that they all kind of agreed on was that it was possibly because of Jessica Walter. Right. Cause they were like, yeah, like she's definitely creepy, but like she wasn't funny enough. Mm-hmm. So they just said to Brad Dorf, Hey, you want to just do this? Mm-hmm. You just want like, like when you're done, just let us know and we can just like have you in a booth just recording your lines. It's fine. And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's how we got Brad Dorf as Chucky. And that's kind of how we got the first child's play in general, which mm-hmm. would eventually go on to span numerous sequels. Mm-hmm. It must've been something with the way Jessica Walter was directed because she was one of the funniest people alive. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's the thing, right? Or, like, she probably took it a little more seriously because it's supposed to be a horror movie. Right. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> they should have just told her, ma'am, you don't understand. This is a Chucky movie. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, go full, go full ham. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, the second you hear that fucking voodoo chant the first five minutes, you should be like, this is the dumbest shit ever made. <laughs> like, I had no idea about, like, how Chucky came about. Um, And for the... <laughs> and, like... I'll just t- tell us for the audience because odds are they haven't either. So Chucky is uh, it, 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 like, obviously, he's the soul of a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray. Um, but the origin of Chucky is that Charles Lee Ray was pursued by the police and he goes into a toy store where they're selling these like um, good guy dolls is what they're called. Which is the doll. Yeah. And he performs a voodoo ritual and starts chanting mm-hmm. in Haitian Creole. <laughs> <laughs> before immediately switching to english yeah and immediately switching to english this happens every movie immediately switching to english and transferring his soul into the doll before he gets shot dead <laughs> nobody told me about that and it fucking sent me <laughs> I decided to leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to just let you find out on your own. Uh-huh. That, like, a solid two minutes of each one of these movies is Chucky just, like, chanting in Creole. <laughs> For no real and, and And then you gotta find out how the fuck he <laughs> knew this fucking spell. <laughs> Apparently he learned it from some guy. Like, it's I don't know. It's who cares? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I guess anyway. that that'll move us into the the original trilogy. This will move us into the original trilogy, and we're gonna kind of talk about them at the same time. Yeah, because you know, a lot of movies to get through. Also, these movies, these first three movies especially, are basically exactly the same. Yeah, like, um, what's the plot? What's the plot, Chris? Well, remember when I described the plot of Fright Night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> same thing except with the doll yeah exactly uh and like andy's a kid living with his single mother she gets him a doll and it just so happens that doll is possessed by charles lee ray uh shenanigans happen because chucky wants to take over andy's body um mm-hmm. and yeah shenanigans ensue um 
I get like the main differences, I guess, is Child's Play 2 takes place after Andy's mom is uh uh what's what's the term? Is she is she's institutionalized. Taken, institutionalized, that's the word. Uh and uh Andy is adopted by a foster family, and then Chucky basically appears and does the first movie again. Uh and then in Child's Play 3, it's basically just Andy goes to military school and Chucky decides he wants to play a little prank. Yeah, exactly. Just a fun little jape. Um but uh yeah, th- that's basically the plot summaries to the first three movies. There really isn't much more to them than that, but regardless, we can give our our quick general thoughts. So Chris, what are your thoughts on these movies? Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say my thoughts for all eight of these films. I there's not a single one of these that I'm gonna say is bad, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna say that I don't like. I think Child's Play Two is my least favorite because mm-hmm. it's the one that I find the most boring. Mm-hmm. But also, I still like it because there's some great kills. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> thinking about the scene where Chucky takes the fucking meter stick and kills Matt Gardner with it. <laughs> That's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Like there's so much of this I had to keep to myself. Mm. You have no idea how hard it was to keep all of this to myself for <laughs> fucking three years. <laughs> well, maybe if I tell Stefan that there's a scene where the where the weird like the weird chick who's like simping over Patrick Swayze and Donnie Darko gets fucking brutally slaughtered by a meter stick, maybe he'll <laughs> say, "Yeah, I'll watch this." I mean, if you had led with that, I would have said yes. uh but yeah no like that's the thing is like child's play 2 has like so many really good like that's the thing about child's play 2 and 3 Mm. neither of them are good movies Mm -hmm. neither of them are good they're both bad Mm -hmm. technically because like Child's Play 3 especially, because that was, like, rushed into production, like, mm. so quick. Like, right even like right before Child's Play 2 came out, they were like, all right, you got, like, six weeks to write a script, dude. Mm. And Don Mancini was like, oh, fuck, okay. Mm. And after one of his ideas got rejected, he was just like, okay, fine. Chucky fucks around with a military school. Yeah. There you go. And the movie came out like nine months later. Yeah. And like he's come out after after the fact and said that like, yeah, Child's Play 3 is Child's Play 3 is like my least favorite of the movies just because like I had no idea what I what I really wanted to do. Mm hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, your general thoughts continued. Yeah. Even with how kind of dumb Child's Play 2 and 3 are and how not good they are, like the kills are still fucking great. Mm hmm. Every single one of them. Also, Chucky has like some of his best lines mm. in those two movies, so like they're not worth skipping. No, they're really not. <laughs> like you can like kind of probably sleepwalk a bit through the parts that where Chucky isn't on screen. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Like who wouldn't? But like he's yeah, like, he's he's so. I don't know. It's it's so. F- there's so many. Yeah, there's so many great like Chucky moments, 
that like yeah like why would you skip those they're they're terrific it's such a good it's such a good it's a great like they're great the mm. first one's like my favorite of those three but like man child's play two and three have some fucking good moments they they do they <laughs> i i cannot fault a movie with a line as brilliant as don't fuck with the chuck <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty partial to you goddamn women drivers. <laughs> oh, by the way, Chucky hates women. We should have. Uh, <laughs> should have let we probably should have. Just fair warning. <laughs> Chucky. Yeah. Chucky is like the misogyny king of the slasher genre. <laughs> like, yeah, Jason will kill you if you have premarital sex. But like Chucky will like slaughter you. But first he's going to say some shit about you. He's you <laughs> yeah, like Chucky is basically like your uncle, like your single, your bachelor uncle who's just re- very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> he just got a divorce. Like he, do- he doesn't like how the divorce went. Uh, the the uh, like the alimony payments are coming in late, uh, <laughs> like, and he he's, he's just got some hangups to work out, and you don't really like being around him, but he'll say a funny line every now and then. <laughs> um, I'll just go into my general thoughts real quick. I, I so like these are my three like least favorite Chucky movies. Um, that's not to say they're bad. That's not just. That's not to say the first one is bad, um, because the, the I think the first movie does like it is it is very a, a pretty typical uh, slasher, but it's like kind of the most evenly balanced of the three where there's kind of like a enough weight. There, there's enough like kind of psychological drama to go along with kind of the goofy ass slasher shit by the end. Um, they actually like try to play it ambiguous for a little bit, in my opinion, probably a little, a little too much for the sake of of too much for what the movie ended up being. I think this is probably a holdover from the early versions of the earlier versions of the movie and earlier versions of the script where they try to like play up the psychological horror, draw a horror angle and like say like, I don't know, is, is Andy really, is Chucky really doing this or is Andy, uh, or is Andy, uh, or is Andy insane? And then, like five minutes after they do that the first time, they like Chuck. They show Chucky like running around with a knife, and it's like, okay, well, that that the so much for that. Um, but I think it is my favorite of the three. Uh, I, I, it's got like the best balance of like actual intriguing stuff, and then like kills at the end. Uh, the second one is bad. And it's boring, but it almost makes up for that by just on the on the basis of the ending, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. There's an ending in a toy factory. Some guy gets his eyeballs taken out. It's <laughs> it's it, it's a it's a real blast. It's just like also like if only because like it's a domestic set. Like I like Child's Play three less, but mm-hmm. I think the fact that Child's Play two is a domestic setting makes it even more indistinguishable from the first one in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's just like the people, the like the family that Chucky kills is like a lot less likable. Um, and then Child's Play three, like it's it's my least favorite of the Chucky movies. Like as a whole, it's like 
very boring and like the the kills aren't quite on the same level as the second one to be able to completely make up for it but like there's still like like you mentioned like there's still a fun time to be had uh it's it's if only because it is so like over the top and goofy like the scene where chucky chucky's like master plan is like to take essentially paintball guns and just put hollow points in them and that's how he's just gonna get them to kill each other (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I love that that's just his epic prank is like I'm going to take these paintballs mm-hmm. and I'm going to replace them with real bullets <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of cackles to himself like Haha, I'm a genius <laughs> <laughs> everybody's stupid but me <laughs> <laughs> you just see you just see Chucky like waddling out of the fucking darkness you just got punked bro <laughs> Lock bottles back. That was an epic gamer prank. Uh, <laughs> speaking of lines that Brad Dourif definitely said, like <laughs> Chucky's gonna be a bro. <laughs> All right, Holy shit. Uh, there are a couple of times in the movies where it's implied that Chucky maybe just wants to be a black guy, and. <laughs> You know, make of that what you will, I guess. Chucky wants to be a lot of lot of different people. Chucky's a man for all people. He even wants to be a woman at one point. Like yeah. Chucky's Chucky's a man of the people. He's a jack of all trades. Um <laughs> He's also a jack off all trades in scene of Chucky. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so with Brad Dourif, who you I think his most well-known role outside of these movies is probably by far got to be Grima Wormtongue in The Lord of the Rings. Come on, man. Don't fucking do this to me. Am I, am I wrong? Gemini Killer in Exorcist 3, man. Come on. I think more people Jesus have seen Christ. Lord of the Rings than Exorcist 3. How many people watched Lord of the Rings... And went, oh, it's Brad Dorif. <laughs> None of them. Oh, None of course of not. Of course not. Like, <laughs> so, so. I didn't even know that guy's name until I looked him up for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, like, Brad Dorif was like, this is also the second Brad Dorif movie we've covered on this uh, program, by the way. What was the first one again? Dune. Right. But yeah, like I would, I would, I would say Gemini Killer and Exodus Three because like most of the people who know Brad Dourif are like horror nuts. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which I also, I imagine that's kind of why Peter Jackson cast him in the first place. Oh well, yeah, like that and Chucky, yeah, because like Peter Jackson had a history with horror. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest too. That's true. That's true. He's Billy yeah, Bibbit. So, in that. but let's not forget about his. Fangoria Chainsaw Award nomination for body parts in 1991. I I will forget about that. Thank you very much. And he's great in Chucky. Oh, he's terrific in Chucky. Like Chucky, probably like as good as interesting as Jessica Walters kind of sounds as a casting choice. I think like Brad Dourif is kind of who makes Chucky, if only because he's able to sell those fucking lines. Yeah, yeah. It, like that's the thing is like it, he's he's just kind of Chucky at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like it's uh it takes a real it takes somebody who's like completely absorbed in the role to make uh what 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 is the exact line? Um let me hold on, let me let me uh 
check my weathered manuscript. Um, uh, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. Ah, it takes a real like thespian to make that line work. <laughs> Listening to you crack as you said that was incredible. By the way, <laughs> I kind of wanted to mention like kind of the the tone of these movies because like like you mentioned like these movies kind of go in and out of tones depending on the era, and these aren't the first three movies aren't straight horror comedies but they're definitely trending in that direction mm-hmm. uh like child's play does try to play up a psychological horror horror angle for a bit before it kind of abandons that completely um and but like the second and third ones like i would like there's still slasher movies like through and through but they they're they definitely do not take themselves very seriously no they're goofy like they're they're dumb. I wouldn't say dumb, but they're they're well. Yeah, I'd say they're dumb. They're dumb, goofy slashers. Like I said, this is this is the mid to late eighties when they stopped really giving a shit about making something that's actually scary. They just kind of wanted to make whatever. Yeah. Like this is why we got Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that movie is fucking beyond stupid and also again like i said like we're seeing kind of a a trend towards horror comedies with like evil dead 2 and um you know monster squad night of the creeps and shit like that Mm -hmm. so yeah like i yeah like i said i wouldn't call these horror comedies necessarily but like oh boy they're definitely trending in that direction because that's where horror movies were going yeah that's where where chucky was going as it turned out Um, um well Chucky goes where the trends go. Chucky, Chucky's a again. Chucky's a man of the people. Um, he he's in tune with the culture. He wants to be a bro. Chucky <laughs> wants to be a bro. Jesus fucking Christ! And he does like the black power salute while he says that. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um. Like, there's also kind of this element of satire to them. Like, the first movie was originally supposed to be, like, an explicit, like, anti-consumerist satire. I don't know if anti-consumerist is necessarily the correct term. But, like, again, just show, like, kind of the outs of the out the effect that kind of corporations and technology is not quite the word. Essentially, marketing and corporations, like, the effect that they can have on people's lives, especially children. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of that in the first one, um, but especially in the sequels, they will mention it at the beginning and then immediately drop it. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're, we're we're politically conscious. Anyway, here's the. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as we were saying about the killer sentient doll who calls women whores sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Back to the important business. Back to the real shit. <laughs> Back to the thing you came for. You can also cross out. Yeah, I was going to say cross out that too. Yeah. Just on that. Um, uh, and I guess, yeah, we can quickly talk about kind of the kills a little bit more. Because like we've definitely talked about Beth Gardner's kill, which is like one of the best things ever made. Yeah, I... 
I it, it that is just like that like woke me up in Child's Play too, <laughs> just because I, I feel like I, there's like pretty long periods of inactivity in that movie. I well yeah because there was that there's like yeah because that kills really great I really like the chase sequence with um, Chucky and Kyle mm-hmm. the scene where he screams you goddamn women drivers. Mm-hmm. There's so many great <laughs> Chucky lines in that fucking movie. I think three has some of the better kills for me, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the way Chucky dies in three. Because mm-hmm. it's so funny. Yeah. He gets the fucking thrown into a fan. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> or like when he kills the fucking barber. Because mm-hmm. I love when Chucky does Sweeney Todd for us. Yeah, I, lo- I, I we love to see that barber. Like... That actor like put an orc. <laughs> oh like, my god! Yeah, was what if I? I just want to be like the creepiest, most intrusive person possible. He just like goes around like sniffing people's hair or something. <laughs> Man, put in some effort. <laughs> oh god! Or when fucking Phil dies in Child's Play Two, how's mm. it hanging, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite. This isn't a kill, but uh. One of my favorite lines in child is in Child's Play 2, and it's when uh, Chucky possesses like a different doll named originally named Tommy, I guess. And like because <laughs> when when they're asked their name, they're supposed to say, hi, I'm at enter name here. So he's supposed to say, hi, I'm Tommy. But he asks they ask, hey, what's your name? And he's like, hi, I'm, hi, I'm- Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> that delivery was so good. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Or, like, and, like, Child's Play 3 especially. Also, I didn't realize this until now. And I wish I brought this up when we were talking yesterday. Child's Play 3 really, uh, really introduces Chucky's weird moral boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of very odd, it, like, they're very fluid, but, like, they are pretty steadfast. Like, he's still a, a, a thoroughly fucking evil person, <laughs> but he'll occasionally just have, like, the occasional hang up. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the dumbest shit, and, mm. you know, like, I don't want to hear about moral, like, moral quandaries from Mr. I'm a fucking serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's... He's against sexual assault. Generally, yes. Generally. Mm -hmm. You know, he's generally against animal cruelty as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And he really doesn't like it when you open other people's mail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can't believe he lectured that kid. I can't believe he lectured Tyler (laughs) on tampering with people's mail. It's a federal offense. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is a federal offense, but also like Chucky going into the moral hangups of tampering with other people's mail to a small child. It's very good. It's so funny. <laughs> so God, Jesus Christ. It's it's just terrific. Mm-hmm. So good. So cool. Mm. And speaking of small children and Child's Play 3, it's time to talk about murder. It is time to talk about murder. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you guys thought this was going to be funny for a while? No. Yeah, <laughs> joke's on you. We've got the real shit coming. That this is going to be a fun episode about a doll that calls women a whore sometimes. You're right. right. And also child murder. Yeah, we're going to talk. We have two instances of child murder in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, and it was. How, and how Child's Play 3 got blamed for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1993, uh, a two-year-old boy named James Bulger was to. I'm gonna try to like cut down on as much details as possible, but he was ca- kidnapped, tortured, and murdered by two ten-year-olds. Um, and it was just this. It was really fucking horrific. Um, and there's a big debate in the UK about like how to treat how to handle young offenders because of it but kind of the the discussion that's relevant to this episode is that it was widely reported after the fact that uh the the killers were were uh were fans of child's play and more specifically child's play 3 um and that they were inspired therefore by chucky and child's play to uh murder this two-year-old and beyond the fact that there, there doesn't really seem to be like a logical connection between like the actual real life murder and child's play, like they could have picked any slasher movie, really. Um, it came out later that like the, the, the boys had never actually seen child's play like ever. Yeah. It. Yeah. Just kind of it, it's kind of like the typical moral panic thing where like a piece of media is kind of immediately picked on because it's like tangentially connected to a real life event in a very loose way. And they go kind of full bore on it. This was especially like common in the 90s um, mm-hmm. and the 80s, really. Yeah, it came out that the, the movies had nothing to do with it. And basically the whole controversy was controversy was made up. It's just another example of one of these like weird overblown moral panics that get like that burn very bright, but like are eventually completely discovered to be like bankrupt essentially. And it's very similar with Susan Capper as well, because like the only real difference is being um, her torture went on for like a fucking week. Mm hmm. And, you know, she was 16 years old. Right. Um, But, yeah, basically what happened with her was she died in a – she died in a hospital in 1992 Mm. um, after being set on fire and, you know, dying from her burns, injuries. Mm. Um, And before she died, she kind of told somebody that she was kidnapped – tortured, beaten, and held prisoner for like a week in Manchester. Mm. And yeah, no, like she yeah, and then eventually she was set on fire. Mm. Probably wondering, well, where does Chucky come into this? And like, there's a little more of an actual argument for it, Mm. I guess. Because like, I guess when they were torturing her, apparently they would play like some music from like the child's play soundtrack or whatever. Right. I guess. And like, I mean, yeah. Cause yeah. Like the, the Wikipedia page is like, yeah, they, they'll, yeah. Like, or no, they would, they would play hi, I'm Chucky want to play by 150 volts. Never mind, I'm wrong. But like mm. there was, you know, they would feature samples from the movies, obviously and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, no, and apparently because they were playing that, they're like, okay, well, then it's got to be Child's Play 3. And this is also like right around the heart of the video nasty era, too, in the UK. Yeah. Lest we not forget the great video nasty era. We haven't talked about video nasty since like the Evil Dead episode, I think. Yeah, we have it. That's true. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, mm. We're going to we're going to leave the list in the thing if you would like to look at that because (laughs) essentially it was like a it was like a blacklist yeah it was essentially a blacklist of like here's some movies that are you know here's here's some movies that you just yeah that were just banned it's bad for our pasty british constitution yeah these are movies that are bad we're gonna ban them and like most of them are movies that just shouldn't be on the fucking list Mm -hmm. um we have covered several of these movies Mm mm-hmm on sequel to game yeah um in fact uh we covered two of them in the same episode yeah 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 but fucking um dawn of the dead and night of the living dead and this was like yeah right after the video nasty era so like obviously like you know moral panic is up the fucking wall because everyone's <laughs> been conditioned to believe that you know horror movies are evil and they're the reason why people commit crimes it's like no they're actually the thing that keep me inside <laughs> <laughs> obviously child's play 3 was going to come up during the trials mm-hmm. and much like the bulger trial everyone was like yeah no just because they played that one song that features samples from the movie doesn't mean that it's you know, it doesn't mean there's actually a connection. Mm-hmm. And like anyone with a brain can fucking tell you that. But apparently we needed to have a debate on this. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is like apparently the two sus- like the, the two killers who were put on trial. You know, they never had a V. They never had a VCR. Right. And the song that they were listening to was just kind of popular. It was just kind of something that they were just listening to. Yeah. On the radio. Mm. It's so fucking stupid. The whole thing mm-hmm. is so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And actually, because they were trying to make a link between those murders and Child's Play 3, it mm-hmm. actually prevented it actually prevented the releases of Natural Born Killers and Reservoir Dogs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. What a, what a, what a stupid time. The 90s was like a different breed of decade. <laughs> For this kind of thing. That, yeah, because that's the thing is like the late 80s in the UK was like when the video nasties list was like coming to be or like mm. maybe the early 80s. I don't remember when they started doing them. And then it became law in the mid 80s. On that note, Chris, mm-hmm. do you recommend Child's Play 1, 2 and 3? Yes. <laughs> yes. Stefan, do you recommend blanket, Child's Play yes. 1, 2 and 3? <laughs> yeah, just a blanket. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I definitely recommend the first one. I think the second and third ones, I, I give like a soft recommend to both of them. But like, first, I guess first of all, if you're looking for like plot progression and child's play, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and also like, if you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. But like, they each they they each have their own like little variety of fun, mostly relating to the things that come out of Chucky's mouth. Yes. So, like, I'll give a soft recommendation to two or three. My strongest recommendation is definitely for the first one, though. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So moving on to kind of the, the middle period, the honeymoon period, as you called it, 
which is 1998's Bride of Chucky after a a uh, seven year a seven year hiatus and 2004's Seed of Chucky. Uh, so I guess the, the, these movies are not quite as derivative from each other. They actually do it. They're very different. In fact, uh, in Bride of Chucky, uh, Chucky, Chucky's old ex-girlfriend, uh, Tiffany, Tiffany Valentine, who's played by Jennifer Tilly, um, resurrects not only him, but in an ensuing fight, actually transfers her soul into a different doll herself. Who, And so uh, that's basically the plot. They... Uh, and then they uh, go on a road trip, essentially they take along on a road trip with a couple of uh, with the young couple who was like are are mistaken for doing a crime that uh, that Chucky and Tiffany do. And they essentially do a little road trip. And mm-hmm. that's Bride of Chucky. Now, in Seed of Chucky, Tiff has gotten pregnant because, of course, she did. And uh, the, their child has. um Hear the listeners like scratching their heads right now. <laughs> uh, so their child has has grown up to be um, essentially a, a performer at a circus, and after they and they run away to find uh, their parents, uh, Chucky and Tiffany. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jennifer Tilly, not Jennifer Tilly who plays Tiffany. This is Jennifer Tilly, the actress who's playing herself. Uh, <laughs> is aiming to secure a role in the rapper Redman's uh <laughs> adaptation of the of the Virgin Mary story. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is making sense. I don't know about any of you. <laughs> so anyway, that's Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. Any questions? No? Okay, we'll move on. No, no, you, you missed you missed the most important part of Seed of Chucky. While she's trying to get this role, mm-hmm. Chucky and Tiffany are like targeting her so they can kidnap her and artificially inseminate her with right. Chucky's seed. <laughs> 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 and also their non-binary existing child turns up and they don't really know how to deal with that no it's just a blast so chris it's a weird fucking movie <laughs> chris what are your general thoughts on bride of chucky and seed of chucky oh they're fucking terrific <laughs> Like, I think Seed of Chucky is my third favorite child's play movie, and Bride of Chucky is, like, my favorite Chucky movie of all time. Like, nothing mm. is ever going to top the <laughs> the ingenuity of Bride mm. of Chucky. Mm. Um, Stefan, what uh, do you think? So, Bride of Chucky is my favorite Chucky movie. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> it's the fucking greatest. Uh, and Seed of Chucky is my third favorite. Like, this is the po- This is the point when they just go full on, okay, these are horror comedies now. That's what they are. Yeah. Uh, and they are so fucking good at being that. And they take the idea of becoming a parody of yourself to its most hilarious extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's also carried by, like, Jennifer Tilly, who is, like, the greatest thing about this franchise, like, period. Oh, yeah. 
Like she gives the best like live action performance in the franchise, like bar none. The things that she does, especially in Seed, like should have got like if if Leonardo DiCaprio like punching a fucking table got him nominated for an Oscar or whatever. The things that Jennifer Tilly was like made to say for Seed of Chucky should have gotten her a fucking Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) And like it's not even that like they like forced her to do it because she keeps coming back. (laughs) (laughs) She knows what she's signing up for and she loves it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She's so fucking good. She's so fucking good in those movies though. No, she's incredible. She's incredible. Like I mentioned, like, this is definitely, like, the point where they're, like, any pretense at being scary, any pretense at really being a straight slasher movie and not ju- not a comedy, like I said, kind of goes out the window, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there just is no way to play these events, like, straight in any manner of the word. Yeah, like, I, I guess this is where I get to talk about the 90s and horror, right? Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Indeed. So the nine, the nineties and horror. So like the landscape basically completely changed with Scream, as we all know. Yeah. With New Nightmare being more or less the prototype for what would eventually become Scream. Mm-hmm. Bride of Chucky's more blatantly influenced by Scream. Mm-hmm. It shows. Whereas Seed of Chucky is more blatantly influenced by New Nightmare, mm-hmm. and Scream Three while also being heavily influenced by the slashers that were kind of coming out of that because Mm. slashers were getting more gratuitous. Mm. Horror movies were getting more gratuitous. We've even kind of talked about this a little bit on the Jackass episode where I kind of brought up like the advent of torture porn with Saw. Yeah. Like, Seed of Chucky is not that fucked up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's definitely like gratuitous violence and gratuitous sex for the sake of gratuitous violence and gratuitous sex. Mm -hmm. Much like films like, you know, House of Wax or Jason X or, you know, movies like that that are, or, you know, even I know what you did last summer. Um, And then, yeah. And then on top of that, there's also like the horror meta commentaries that were coming out the late nineties, early two thousands too. And that was what really influenced bride of Chucky. Yeah. Like it's very, very much similar to scream in that way. Mm. Um, whereas seed of Chucky feels like a mix of, yeah, like new nightmare and scream with like, you know, I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because when seed of Chucky came out, that's when the meta commentaries were starting to die. Mm-hmm. Like seed three was oops, seed three. <laughs> God, Scream. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Scream three mm. wasn't that well received. It's essentially just a crappier remake of New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, you know, Scream three wasn't that well received. Um, Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, who worked on Scream together, were working on another kind of meta-commentary subversion of the genre, but it was more aimed at the werewolf genre. Right. And this was cursed. But by the time the movie finally came out, because it spent years in development, by the time the movie finally came out, it was nothing like 
Scream or New Nightmare because one, the Weinsteins destroyed it. Yeah. And two, like meta commentaries were dead at that point. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to watch that crap anymore. Nobody wanted to watch the like the horror landscape always has to change every five or so years because you know, it has to. Like yeah. there's something's gotta stay fresh about it. Yeah, that's kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, so it's kind of Yeah, and like horror's really good for like kind of switching things up because like there's so much you can do. Seed of Chucky definitely feels like the last real genuine meta commentary to come out of the scream era right because the meta commentary was on its final legs thing again look at what happened with cursed Mm -hmm. and yeah no and and yes that's kind of where those kind of came from was like a mix of like teen slashers that were becoming more and more gratuitous as time went on and you know the meta commentary era fascinating Mm. (laughs) it's so fascinating and we're also seeing Don Mancini's creative freedom coming out more. Right. Um, and we're especially noticing this because, as we kind of mentioned earlier, Don Mancini is gay. Mm. And with that, we're seeing more of we're seeing more LGBTQ plus representation in these films. Yeah. Starting with Bride of Chucky mm. until like basically the end of the series or wherever mm. he is now mm. in the series. So we're seeing like total creative freedom there. We're seeing kind of just, you know, fuck it. You can do whatever you want. Mm. You know, it's fine. You can you can make like, yeah, like Universal just kind of looked and went, sure, yeah, go ahead, make Bride of Chucky and go full ham. Like these feel like the movies that Don Mancini really wants to make. Yeah. Not like Child's Play three, which was originally going to be essentially Cult of Chucky. Yeah, yeah. But then they were like, "Yeah, don't do that." And he's like, "Shit, okay. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we're gonna do something else." But <laughs> yeah, um, no. But like, yeah, like, but we're seeing more of his creative freedom come out. Like these movies are getting more vulgar. They seem more fearless. They seem more biting, actually. Yeah, like. I can definitely, I definitely kind of want to read like Don Mancini's original draft for Chucky mm-hmm. before anybody else got their hands on it because I feel like it were like the original Child's Play just to kind of see like what, how biting it was gonna be and how far he was taking it. Yeah, I was like, he goes really fucking far in both of these films, like to the point where like he is riding this really fine line between like being transgressive and being offensive. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Like, I think anybody who gets angry over it, like, genuinely angry over it, should go outside. Yeah, Because it's good for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, again, these movies are fucked. Like, they are unapologetic. They are fearless. Yeah. They're just kind of like, let's just go. Um, in that way, you can definitely see the influence of somebody like a John Waters, who, in fact, mm-hmm. does appear in... Uh, seat of chucky yes uh he appears as a, as a paparazzi and he has such golden lines as god bless the little people <laughs> as he's watching chucky jerk off into a cop yeah <laughs> it's just like these little things were like don Mancini's kind of going back to the john waters tradition of like 
just kind of catering to like harmless perverts who just like to watch weird shit. Yeah. Like, you know, us. Yeah. Uh, specifically us. Yeah. Specifically us. Like, yeah. And by specifically us, I mean specifically the 2019 Jordan Peele film us. Yes, of course. Specifically not us who I believe have a, have a, have a, uh, text chat that now has to be quarantined because of, because of like when we discovered that, got what jennifer tilly looks like in these movies <laughs> well when you discovered it oh yeah okay i discovered yeah the, the, i'll i'll <laughs> i love when i looked at the I, I looked at your notes for it and you just said yeah jennifer tilly's fucking hot let's just get this out of the way right now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then i just wouldn't shut up about it <laughs> Since we're still kind of on LGBTQ plus representation, sort of, mm. while also talking about being transgressive and offensive, there's there's the way that there's the way that Don Mancini kind of depicts Chucky and Tiffany's child, yeah, who is non-binary, yeah, um, and goes by Glenn slash Glenda, yeah. Which any is, or all pronouns, basically. Any or any or all pronouns, basically. Um, obviously, a reference to the Ed Wood movie. Yeah. Which, again, speaking of transgressive and offensive, Ed Wood, who very clearly influences Mancini in the same way that John Waters does. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating because, like, Mancini clearly has a shitload of empathy Mm -hmm. for Glenn slash Glenda that wasn't really visible in the mid-2000s, like, especially not Mm -hmm. 2004. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, people... A lot of people were only coming around to the existence of gay people at this point in time. Like mm-hmm. this, this like the idea of a trans character or a non-binary character. Like I, I said this in my letterbox review and I'm not even really joking. I'm kind of joking, but I'm not really joking. Like this is like the least transphobic piece of 2004 media. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like, it's again, like he depicts Glenn slash Glenda with so much empathy. Mm hmm. That, like, you can't really be offended by the depiction. Mm -hmm. But also, the movie is so campy. Yeah. To where you're like, okay, like, how much of the, like, which, which again, makes, makes sense that, like, you know, Chucky would fully embrace camp. Yeah. In the same way that, like, John Waters or, like I said, Ed Wood would embrace camp, like, openly and willingly. Right, right. Um, you know, but like, you know, I can see people being like, well, this movie is so fucking campy anyway. Like, you know, is this depiction offensive? It's like, no, no, of course not. But then there's other moments too. Like there's that Britney Spears joke. There's Mm -hmm. like the entire premise around Seed of Chucky, which is, hey, we're going to like kidnap Jennifer Tilly and like without her consent, force her to, you know, you know, give birth to, you know, Chucky Spawn. Mm. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. And I'm very surprised that Jennifer Tilly was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, there's that Britney Spears joke where, like, Chucky kills her. Mm. That's the joke. That is, ba- that, it's very, um, it's very scary movie, I thought. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like, it's very, yeah, very scary movie. Kind of reminds, like, I think Meet the Spartans is more tasteless. 
Oh, no. The, like, yeah. By far. But this is still, like, very of its era where it was, like, Britney Spears was kind of like a like a punching bag. Which is yeah, really unfortunate. But, like, also in this case, this is definitely something Chucky as a character would do. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, it's, it's, it's easily something they could cut out of the movie because it doesn't need to be there. Uh, but like also it does it like it really does kind of fit in with Chucky's misogyny so like I don't like I guess it just depends on like the intent of the joke (laughs) and through this total creative freedom which spawned a campier Chucky and like you know a lot of the stuff we were just talking about Mm. like that's great and that's awesome and like there's kind of there was kind of some weird repercussions with like the initial reception of these movies like critically as well as like how they did financially because they like bride did decently but like seed of chucky didn't do that well at all and they were also like released like years apart from each other yeah like six years apart yeah yeah like i i have a feeling that like seed of chucky had to be kind of rewritten to a degree because like the horror landscape severely changed by then yeah um and it kind of shows but also, uh-huh. like, I, I think they kind of blend together really well. We can kind of see mm. the landscape changing within the movie itself. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think Bride was more mixed and, like, Seed of Chucky was, like, basically, like, despised. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of people consider Seed to be, like, the worst movie in the franchise, which I do not understand. <laughs> no. I kind of understand, but I, I don't. Kind, I kind of understand, but I don't. Like, it's. I mean, the movie starts off with CGI cum. Like, you can't, you cannot beat CGI cum. No. It's a terrific cum picture. You can meet, you can beat your meat to CGI cum, but you can't beat Oh, it. I, about, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, don't think I should finish that <laughs> sentence. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean. <laughs> I think we both really like these movies, and I think you and I are like one of or two of the six people who actually like Seed of Chucky. Mm. You know, it's like Austin J. Bauman from Red Letter Media, and that's it. Yeah, we're we're yeah. an enlightened group of people. Yeah, like, and I was even looking at like a Chucky subreddit, and like, there's still people who like viciously shit on these movies. Really. Oh, yeah. Like, there's some people who are like, yeah, they're the worst fucking ones of the bunch because they're too damn funny. And it's like, really, Child's Play 3 I mean, is scary, huh? I, I, uh, <laughs> I really, uh, yeah, because having joy in my life is <laughs> something that is something that is clearly can I can clearly do without. <laughs> You're telling me I can't enjoy the simple pleasures of, like, the, the conversation that Tiffany and Chucky have where, um... <laughs> <laughs> where Tiffany's like put the knife away you look like Martha Stewart and he's like who the fuck is Martha Stewart <laughs> my idol <laughs> like come on that's so good it's also very 1998 but it's so good also it features the oh my god that opening credit sequence Jesus Christ Mm, mm. we're like it's like the 
the funky, creepy green letters that kind of make it look spooky while Rob Zombie's living dead girl is playing in the background. <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> I knew what song it was the second it started, too. Because, like, one, I've seen this movie several times. And two, it's like, oh, God, this is where I admit I grew up on Rob Zombie. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but even then that like Bride of Chucky should be like acclaimed because it features the other performance that Katherine Heigl gives that's good yeah one of the two I, 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 I there's kind of like a thing with Katherine Heigl which is I don't know how much of it is like just general Hollywood misogyny that like she was immediately like shut out and like characterized the way she was but like also it seems that nobody who's ever worked with her has anything nice to say about her (laughs) yeah like again like if yeah because like don mancini fucking hates her too yeah from what i'm gathering Mm. from what we can read between the lines yeah from what we can kind of read between the lines like with katherine heigl like i think some of it to a degree is hollywood misogyny Mm-hmm. But, like, if people like Don Mancini are coming out and being like, yeah, she fucking sucks. Like, she's just mm-hmm. such a fucking pain in the ass to be around on set or hard to deal with or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, then that's, you know, that's kind of her problem at that point. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of a mix of both. It probably is. More leaning towards her being fucking difficult to deal with. I feel like if it, not like I would know, but like I feel like if it was just like Hollywood hating her for being a strong, independent woman, trademark copyrighted, um, <laughs> then like every single bridge for her would not be burned, especially not in today's climate where it's like not as okay to like completely black blacklist a woman for having an opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to think that she might just be like kind of a nightmare to deal with. Yeah, like, that's the thing. (laughs) Mm. You know, and she's good in the movie. She's very good. She's no Jennifer Tilly, but she's very good in the movie. No, no, no. I mean, who can can be Jennifer Tilly, truly? No, I I see you wrote this in the notes. I'm going to read this out to the audience. Um, Mm. Probably started a lot of 90s kids mommy kinks. Am I wrong, though? No. <laughs> it's like, I, I watch some of these scenes. I'm like, I can, I know the exact kind of person this was made for. <laughs> Let, here, let's go back to the point in the, let's go back up for a second to the part mm-hmm. where we said this appeals to harmless perverts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is this is catering to people who are into that shit. That's totally yeah. fine. Like it's that's, again, that's the thing is like it's never depicted with any judgment, which is just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But also, I want Jennifer Tilly to beat the fucking shit out of me. Don't we all though? Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? What? Whomst among us mm-hmm. hasn't thought about getting the shit kicked out of us by Jennifer Tilly? <laughs> end seed when they're like when i i think they i think chuck you i think somebody makes a joke about like jennifer tilly's voice being ugly and you're like i'm like shut your fucking mouth <laughs> fucking kill you this is christ <laughs> i'd listen to jennifer tilly asmr <laughs> of course you fucking would <laughs> would you listen to jennifer tilly ear licking asmr though 
I'm not that far gone. Okay, I was gonna say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and speaking of mommy kinks, let's talk about the depiction of family in these movies. Yeah, it's like I wouldn't say it's anything that's particularly deep, but there's like some odd little parallels in Bride between like the main human character's relationship, one of which is uh, Catherine Heigl, the other one is I don't know some Italian guy. And uh, the and like uh, Chucky and Tiffany's relationship and uh, where like often it can seem like Chucky and Tiffany have the healthier relationship, which is so fucked. <laughs> it's so fucked. Honestly, <laughs> this Charles Lee Ray fucking marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrifying thought. This is also the same movie where like he's playing with a speak and say and like he, <laughs> he spells the word bitch and because like it told him the, to spell woman yeah it's like the, no incorrect the correct way to spell women women woman is w o and he's like shows what you know <laughs> folks chucky doesn't like women <laughs> he's sitting in a crib with it too yeah <laughs> there's the scene where like there's the sex scene right yeah and like (laughs) she's like wait chucky do you have a rubber and he's like tiff look at me i'm all rubber (laughs) (laughs) i also really like the scene where chucky looks at tiffany and he goes um i give him six months three if she gains weight (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh, like especially seed but to a lesser extent this movie does this thing where like chucky is basically depicted as an addict but he's an addict to like murdering people and it shows mm. how that can like again none of this is deep <laughs> and don't take me as saying it is but like <laughs> i kind of like how addiction destroys family <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you there was going to be a lot to talk about with this, these movies. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I waited three years <laughs> to hear you to say these movies about, have some depth. <laughs> to talk about Tiffany going to an AA meeting. <laughs> when she calls them up. I'm oh. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day (laughs) god no it was it was it's so oh my god that entire fucking scene where she's just calling them up that was so good Mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a great moment it's such a I love the moment where she calls like the family of her victim. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, I actually have the full, I have the full. <laughs> I decided to write the whole thing out. Nice. My notes. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tiffany Ray. Um, mm. You don't know me, but a few years ago, I killed your husband, and I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how these movies are hated. <laughs> But, but isn't violence bad? No, son. Violins. Violins are bad. <laughs> and then in Seed. And then in Seed, it's like, 
basically just a heartwarming story about a, about like a family coming to accept their like gender fluid son or child. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> oh god. Well, also watching a doll masturbate. Also watching a doll jerk off, and Did... then of course that the 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 doll like. It ends up being consumed by addiction and tries to murder them both at the end. Did, but did, did you notice what magazine he was jerking off to? I don't remember. Actually, it was fucking Fangoria. Right. <laughs> 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 or like when he goes up to Jennifer Tilly with like the little cup of like doll cum, and he goes, "What am I supposed to do with this?" <laughs> I. You know what? I. I. The only unrealistic part of Seed of Chucky. Um, is that when uh when Billy Boyd as Glenn slash Glenda goes up to uh, Chucky and Tiffany and he's like, "Konichiwa, Okasan, Otosan," and Chucky doesn't tell him to shut the fuck up and call him a weeb. <laughs> That's like the only unrealistic part. Oh god, I, I love I love I love that scene where he just looks at his arm and goes, oh, "Made in Japan." i also really love that scene where jennifer tilly is just sitting there like complaining about like how her career is just her making this crappy movie and she's like Mm. why doesn't anyone take me seriously and chucky goes nice tits (laughs) (laughs) i'm an oscar nominee for fuck's sake and now i'm fucking a puppet (laughs) God. They're executing Martha Stewart this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Bound is on. Gina Gershon is fingering me. <laughs> Are you okay? No, I'm married. <laughs> or 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 when uh chucky like axes down the door to get to tiffany and, oh, fuck yeah. and he like does the shining reference like he puts his hand ahead through the hole and he's like i can't think of a thing to say fuck it <laughs> What would Martha Stewart say? Fuck Martha Stewart. (laughs) I also love how, like, Tiffany finds out how to do these fucking spells from a Voodoo for Dummies book. (laughs) (laughs) Or... Or how John Ritter's basically playing his character from Eight Simple Rules. These movies are, like, unfairly funny. <laughs> I've got a few shit scary. I've got a few skeletons in the closet myself, and then, like, the fucking bodies pile out of the closet. <laughs> Ain't the size that counts, asshole. It's what you do with it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite kill in these movies? In these movies? Yeah, why not? (laughs) 
I really like the scene. Like, it's it's kind of a lame kill in general, but I think it's just the context of, like, Chucky smothering that guy that Tiffany was with while catching mm-hmm. up with her. Like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, John Waters' death was really funny. Yeah, it was. That one was fucking wild. Mm, mm. That one was fucking I, If good. anything, John Waters specifically asked for that, too. <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> he had to have some fucking involvement in this. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that was a big year for him, too. A Dirty Shame, State of Chucky. He was filming his interviews for Inside Deep Throat. John Waters had a hell of a 2004. He did. He did. Anyway, what was your favorite kill from these movies? I mean, you did mention the John Waters one. Other than that, like, maybe Red Man. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Red Man getting disemboweled. <laughs> <laughs> A side note, and I don't mean to just be quoting Jennifer Tilly lines, but like when she's like introduced to Red Man and she's like, Hi, Mr. Man. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe she fucking committed to this. I'm so happy she's a real person. (laughs) All that said, Bride and Seed of Chucky both get. High, are highly recommended. Your <laughs> highest recommendations, truly. <laughs> <laughs> like, is what? What is there not to like? Really? I know, like, it's right? a little off color, but that's basically it. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a perfect encapsulation of the era, and it's like most importantly, just fucking funny. <laughs> right. That said, I think we should take a break. We should definitely take a break. But yep. we will be back after this word. From us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Aardvark. That's a word. Anal. Martha Stewart. Dick Sprang. That's two words. (laughs) I guess Martha Stewart is two words, too. Martha Stewart is two words as well. Oh, right. Let me know. Uh, let's count down to stop recording. I forgot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, on z- when I say zero, hit stop. Okay. 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 Three, two, one, zero. All right. We're up. We're, we're up. Let's go. Uh, so for the people at home, uh, I left. We, we, we took a break for 15 minutes and then I left my room to go get a coffee. And I came back and I didn't realize while I was recording, but my room was just like pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, and like when I, when I record a podcast, like I kind of like unconsciously hunch because I kind of want to get close subconsciously closer to the mic or to the screen or whatever. And so like, I've just been this gremlin with his like shoulder length hair tied up, like of just this like just rolled out of bed uh just hunched over his laptop speaking talking about child's play in a pitch black in a pitch black room for like two hours (laughs) i think we talked about mommy kings while you were sitting there in the dark yes on top of that welcome back to sequel decay
welcome back to Sequel Decay. We hope you enjoyed the ad. We hope you enjoyed us lusting over Jennifer Tilly. We hope you enjoyed our endlessly quoting lines from Bride and Seed of Chucky. We're having a great time. This is what, you know, really, we talked about Bride and Seed being films about family. This is a podcast about family. Damn straight. It's about family. And that's it what is makes about it so family. powerful. Exactly. Uh, that's what, get, that's what, you know, at, at the end of every sequel to K, I expect the audience to be sobbing by how relatable everything is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a short clip show of you and Brandon threatening to kill each other. Uh, <laughs> me overtly Actually, expressing indifference at the thought of either of you dying. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, do you want to talk about how much we want to f- Fiona Dorf? Indeed I do, Chris. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ray. So, in 2013, uh, Don Mancini directed yet another installment of Chucky. Uh, kind of like, I guess, revival of the franchise at this point. It had been nine years since Seed came out. Um, and this was released straight to DVD. Uh, it was called Curse of Chucky. And it was a much dark, like the darkest take so far, I would say, on the on the franchise that at that point in time. So basically, it star it had it stars Fiona Dorif as this woman, this paraplegic woman who lives with her mom, and her, the mom dies uh, mysteriously. Fiona Dorif's sister and her sister's husband and their au pair and their daughter come o- come over. Oh, also a Catholic priest sounds like a bleed up to a joke um and uh <laughs> and uh yeah shenanigans ensue and it's a very it was a very it was like it was very well received it was considered like a almost like a return to a return to form for the franchise for people too dumb to understand the brilliance of seed of chucky and in 2017 it got basically a direct sequel called cult of chucky in which uh fiona Dourif, is uh institutionalized for the murder of all the people i listed before spoiler alert um and uh essentially chucky tracks her down to the this asylum and shenanigans ensue um so chris what do you think of curse of chucky and cult of chucky well i i think both of them are great for Mm. slightly different reasons yeah curse of chucky is a very bleak movie but it works mm-hmm. really well as a very bleak movie, and Cult yeah. of Chucky works really well as kind of almost like an encapsulation of like everything that came before. Yeah, and I think both of them are super fun, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Stefan, what do you think of both of these pictures? Yeah, Curse and Cult are my second and fourth favorite child plays, child's play movies, respectively. Child plays, <laughs> child plays. <laughs> Uh, I think Kurt, like, I was surprised, like, halfway through Curse, like, man, I am shocked that they're getting so much, like, potent family psychological drama out of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, the, uh, there's a scene at the dinner table, and the tension in that scene is, like, fucking incredible for something that is a straight-to-DVD horror movie. Yes, these are also straight-to-video films. Yeah. And quite possibly the greatest straight-to-video slasher sequels ever made. The You know, the odds are in its favor for that title, yeah. I don't know. What's the close second? Fucking Hellraiser Bloodline? Probably. And that movie looks like dog shit. 
anyway, we have a Hellraiser episode. Go listen to it. Um. Uh, so you you're talking a bit about the tone and like curse, like we mentioned, is like bleak as hell. Uh, like Chucky obviously appears and Chucky's existence is a bit of a joke, but even th- even after he appears, like. Chucky's a little more subdued than before. I mean, a lot more subdued. This is coming after Seed of Chucky. That we don't actually see Chucky kill somebody until about halfway through. And it, the lead up to that is just this like very tense, anxious family drama. And then afterwards, it's like the, these... Obviously, like some of the kills are pretty goofy. I, I like the part where he kills Fiona Dourif's sister. And he's just like, you know, you have your mother's eyes. They were always too fucking close together. <laughs> <laughs> he loves women, but yeah, and there's there's but there's even the whole time through, like even up to the ending, there's this very like depressing atmosphere to it, which I think is partly how it's shot. It's like both these movies have very like austere colors, mm-hmm. um. As well, and and like obviously, on the other hand, cult is like does lean a bit more goofy, um, a lot more goofy actually. But even that like continues like carries over some of that like especially with like the the dark bleak colors, mm-hmm. um, even if it does allow Chucky to run wild a little more. I think a lot of that bleakness from Curse kind of comes back more in the sense of like Nika as a character does not get a fucking break. No, no, she's she's these two movies punching bag. Nika is actually played by Fiona Dorif, who, uh, as you might have guessed from the last name, is uh, Brad Dorif's daughter. Oh, shit, but... I didn't know that. No, I know. It's a, uh, it's a little-known fact that the two people in the world named Dorif might be related. Hmm, I just, but, I just thought like... it was a general Irish name. <laughs> Joke's on you, it's French. Um... <laughs> Oh, fuck, even worse. (laughs) All these idiots don't get my respect anymore. (laughs) But, like, Frenchiness aside, uh, like, (laughs) this is, like, a very... I don't know if it's you who had had this in your notes, but, like, Fiona Dorif is, like, a best-case scenario for nepotism. (laughs) Is that you, or am I thinking of of somebody else in a different context? I think that might have been a Letterboxd review. Oh okay. Well, regardless, she Fiona is, Dwarf is she is kind of the best case scenario. Oh, she's great. She's she is kind of the best case scenario for nepotism. Yeah, yeah. She is my second favorite like live action performance in the Child's Play movies. Who isn't Jennifer Tilly? She displays like a surprising amount of range. Not only playing like Fiona, but also Fiona as possessed by Chucky. Oh my lord. Um. <laughs> I I have a question for you since we're here. yeah sure. Mm-hmm. In your notes where you wrote, oh my days in all caps, what was that yep. referring to? Yes. Yes. Exactly what you think it was referring to. <laughs> well, my my guess was that you were stunned by the scene where they finally killed a sex pest doctor. Yes. And I don't think it has anything to do with you realizing something about yourself. It definitely... a certain 40-year-old actress who is also a product of nepotism. Yeah, it definitely... It's definitely not that scene made me... I saw that guy's face getting stomped in by Fiona Dourif wearing high red heels and did not immediately audibly shout at the screen, me next, me next, me next, me next. 
<laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither. Because I'm normal. I didn't. When when that happened, I didn't scream, "Mommy!" Sorry. <laughs> our our degeneracy aside. Uh, oh no, we can keep going. We've got. We we can we can take our time here. I want her to beat the shit out of me with a crowbar. Uh, let me find my my. <laughs> original letterboxd review for cult of chucky mm -hmm. movie that took me a while to get around to because i completely mm -hmm. forgot about it this is from january of this year mm -hmm. and i said said i say it i say it mm. i said and i quote i want fiona Dorif possessed by chucky to fucking kill me <laughs> If we're quoting Letterboxd reviews, this one isn't horny, but I do like mine, <laughs> which is, Doctors hate her. She went from having no feeling in her legs to stomping a rapist's face in with high heels. One weird trick to cure paraplegia. Learn the truth now. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> also really enjoying this one that you liked that just says, those, those red heels are powerful. They are. They are. I'm, I am not wrong. There's kind of another aspect of Fiona Dwarf, like, beyond just, like, appealing to us specifically appealing in that to way. to us perverts specifically. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, so, like, any Chucky movie leading up to Curse, and not so much Brightest Eve, but especially for the trilogy, the original trilogy, there's, like, if you go on Letterboxd and you look at the reviews, most of them are, like, some variety of just kick the little fucker. Mm-hmm. Agree. The fact that they don't actually just makes the movies funnier to me. <laughs> um, because <laughs> uh, you could just like punt him like a football, and like, oh yeah, would be done. Movie's mm -hmm. over. But like, obviously, Nika is a character who is paraplegic and therefore cannot just punt the little fucker. If anything, that makes Chucky like way scarier than he is in any of the other movies. Yeah, like, it, it really does kind of feel like a response to that criticism, while also, mm -hmm. yeah, making Chucky scarier, because, like, you know, it's not like she can, like, smack the little fucker. <laughs> she yeah, exactly. Throw him. Uh huh. But, like, it's gonna be harder for her to get away from him. But, but, think... but in fairness to Chucky, he did, he, he did, he did give her the ability to walk. That is true, because. <laughs> Apparently being possessed by Chucky cures, cures paraplegia. Oh, boy. That is just the pinnacle of medical science on film. <laughs> I Like, no, no, I, I love... Okay, so I love how not only does it give her the ability to walk, but it also but also being possessed by Chucky... And this is science. I, I, I read this in a science book. Okay. Right in one of those academic journals that being possessed mm -hmm. by a killer sentient doll that calls women whores sometimes turns you into a mommy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what that means. Yeah, I, I read it in the academic journal known as the Sex Pest Diaries. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be weird to transition from that to this but I... oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, speaking of chris having some unresolved issues <laughs> sexually let's talk about the new era of horror yeah absolutely um yeah so as we kind of established before we started thirsting over fiona Dorf, that's not over by the way that's gonna oh no going. it that's just it will continue 
that will continue. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for the Oscar special next week. We're or actually in a couple days mm-hmm. where we really hammer it home. Yeah. <laughs> like well, uh, during just, the, we should like during like dead air just like immediately start like snap back into lusting over Fiona Dura so that nobody none of the five people who show up like know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want her to beat the fucking shit out of me. What? <laughs> oh, sorry. Amy Schumer's talking. We just need to kill time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fucking weirdo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we're, we're going to get back to Fiona Dorif and our own sex perversions in a bit. Mm-hmm. Fiona Dorif, come on the pod. <laughs> Fiona Dorif, come on the pod. We're pro- we promise we're... Much no, no, not, 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 not that kind of come on the pod. Just no, just God here, damn it! I'm, I'm trying to make a, show. I'm <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to make a point here. I was gonna say like we're not this like overt, we're not this like bold in our dipshit, dipshit perversions. When like there's other people, <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to be yeah, especially when those weird perversions involve the person we're talking to. We're generally nicer. <laughs> but we uh, promise we're socially whatever the opposite of inept is. <laughs> it's just hot man fuck <laughs> anyway what were you saying about the new era of horror <laughs> no I had another point fuck we'll get to the all new right. era of horror in a minute alright 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 I was I read her Wikipedia page because I was bored and I wanted to see what else she was in. Uh huh. And I read the and I read the partner Wikipedia bio where it says, "As of 2018, Fiona Dorif is single." And I went, "Well, <laughs> you got well, how? Your shot. How? <laughs> how? <laughs> how the fuck did we get so lucky?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. She was in Tenet. Well, let's find out where she was in Tenet. <laughs> she was she played somebody named Wheeler. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Leader of Blue Team. So she probably appears like at the end of the uh, around the beginning of the big action set piece at the end. If I'm remembering that movie right, which to be fair, I do not. Um people remember that movie? No, they don't. That's my point. <laughs> oh, I think I know where she was. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think I know where she was. I think she was in the climax. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. She's just in, like, heavy military uniform the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to start by telling Christopher Nolan to go fuck himself. Yeah, you as, see, as, as we want to do. You see, Don Mancini understands... Mm-hmm. That when you, I hate the fact that I'm doing this. I hate the fact that I'm. I swear to God, this is all a bit. Mm-hmm. I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate. You see, Don Mancini understands that when you hire an absolute fucking smoke show of a babe who has mad mommy vibes, you fucking utilize that shit. Christopher <laughs> Nolan's like, yeah, let's just dress her up in a military outfit. That's mommyish. It's like. Jesus Christ, you're obviously British, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, 
scared of like any like out outward show of like sexual attraction so just yeah i know <laughs> every hot person has to be in a military uniform christopher nolan got way too fucking horny when she walked on set and he went all right we're changing your character so now you're in the military put this on <laughs> or maybe no or actually no maybe it's because he's british he just finds the military sexy who knows maybe 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 he's just like maybe he's just thinking about like fiona dorif going all dommy mommy on like you know undiscovered parts of the world like talk about the new era in horror for god's sake no i'm not done yet <laughs> save us from ourselves no i'm not done yet <laughs> i believe in self-destruction let's keep this going <laughs> i mean i mean in fairness though fiona dorif might be the only military member i actually salute for i already do salute for her. you stand at attention too buddy yep i want her to commit war crimes on me <laughs> I want her to declare chemical warfare on me. <laughs> I want her to go all Chernobyl on my ass. <laughs> I want her to turn me into a fucking parking lot. <laughs> you see, it's good that we decided to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about this is a very important discussion. We need to of have course. this conversation. Of course, of course. This is. I'm going to mm. talk about the new era of horror uh yeah so post seed of chucky again because that was nine years prior to curse yes and once again things so they do be changing that's my favorite bob dylan song by the way things they do be a changing (laughs) (laughs) the things they are changing (laughs) things they do be a changing (laughs) <laughs> yeah horror horror really started to change in 2013 because this is when the fuck did it come out actually not not curse but that other movie i'm thinking about because this was that oh, was 2014 okay so there so in yeah kind of in the 2013-ish area we're starting to see like the advent of blumhouse a24 is getting their start but like they haven't really gotten into horror movies yet but that era is definitely coming we're also noticing kind of the small rise of Mike Flanagan, especially with a movie like Oculus, which kind of does take these deeper themes and kind of turns it into some... I don't want to... Like, it says haunted house shit here, because that's what we said in the meeting. But, like, yeah. it basically is, like, kind of making a horror movie out of these out of these deeper themes. Um, mm-hmm. And through this, we start to kind of see what's kind of pro- uh, commonly known now as elevated horror. A uh, thing I do not believe actually exists because horror is yeah. always dealt with deep themes. It's just mm-hmm. that we haven't really seen deeper horror movies for like ten or fifteen years. Yeah, I think people who say that are like colored by the perception that like either like the really gory slasher movies or the really campy slasher movies, and basically just those those two varieties of slashers are like all that horror was for a certain amount of time, which is just not true. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 ridiculous. Like, elevated horror doesn't exist, but we're we're starting to kind of see it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're starting to see kind of these more tension fueled horror movies. Like, say what you will about Paranormal Activity, like that is a movie that is very much fueled on character drama and tension, right? And like, there's actually several Blumhouse movies that are like that, um, and they became more predominant over time in the two mm-hmm. in the twenty tens. And Curse of Chucky, I don't know if Don Mancini just kind of saw it. 
like if he just saw this trend that was happening and just kind of chased it or if like he just kind of did this unintentionally Mm. but like he basically just hopped on it the other thing he kind of hopped on too and like this movie is very jump scare heavy as well that was another thing we kind of brought up in the notes yeah and like more atmospheric i know you mentioned like this is closer in line with the originals and i would agree but like especially curse it feels so different yeah it almost doesn't feel like a like it it doesn't feel like a chucky movie it feels like a horror movie most of the time it feels like Mm -hmm. kind of this remake of child's play Mm -hmm. in a way that's a little more serious yeah it almost feels like for what lack of a better word i'm gonna call like anxiety horror Mm -hmm. for for the first half or so the only the old the first example that comes to mind of something like that although not necessarily like this movie is something like uh ari aster's movies Um, yeah yeah i was gonna say like this this one especially feels like kind of almost like a semi-proof of concept for something like hereditary yeah exactly which you know that's it's kind of a dumb thing to say but also like you know i mean hereditary is much 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 scarier (laughs) oh yeah like hereditary is much more uncomfortable to sit through but like there's room Mm -hmm. there's room in the sandbox for both of these yeah for sure the other thing i find really interesting actually speaking of the remake thing is that this really does feel like this this really did kind of jump on the horror reboot trend before it really got going there was a lot of really shitty horror remakes in the 2000s especially the late 2000s yeah you ever seen the prom night remake no oh it's horrible i bet you ever seen that remake of when a stranger calls no horrible Mm -hmm. how about the black christmas remake from 2006 I've heard it's horrible. Oh, that one's torture. I haven't seen I haven't seen the 2019 one yet. I want to. It seems at mm. at least it seems like it has something on its mind. <laughs> and I'll take something that has something on its mind but is kind of messy over like whatever the fuck that was in 2006, Christ. Yeah. But yeah, and like I don't think we've really talked much about like horror reboots and stuff on this show. No, not really. Like we when uh we we when we had originally planned for like the nightmare and friday the 13th episode to, that would have come out in october like we were going to talk about the reboots the re- reboots of both of those series but uh obviously those aren't going to be out for a little bit so we haven't really talked about horror reboots at all i guess except for evil dead and blair except witch for evil dead well we were going to do blair witch never happened right we didn't do blair the blair witch episode right anyway but yeah um so what like the difference between like the friday the 13th and nightmare remakes over the like something like the halloween reboot from 2018 Mm -hmm. is that like like friday the 13th might be the only one i'd actually consider to be a proper reboot because that one feels like a remake of the first three films as well as just just a straight like a a straight sequel Mm -hmm. like it kind of works as both which like curse of chucky kind of is at the same it's kind of that as well where like mm. it's a direct continuation from what we saw before while also kind of revisiting a lot of those plot points from like child's play um mm-hmm. this is something that would later be like obviously popularized by star wars i can't believe that curse of chucky might have actually gotten this whole fucking trend going <laughs> yeah that's fucking wild to think about because, like, there's a difference between Curse of Chucky and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th doesn't really do any calling back to the originals. There's no fan service. It is more or yeah. less just another Friday the 13th movie. But Curse of Chucky not only calls back, it brings back characters, it does provide these little moments of fan service. 
in the same way that like Halloween 2018 would, or the same way yeah. that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 <laughs> uh, did too, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you know other horror reboots of the, of the bunch. You know, it's yeah. it's and even again, it's the same thing that The Force Awakens did. It's the same thing fucking Ghostbusters did. It's the same thing fucking Spider Man Get the Fuck Out of My Home did. Spider Man like, Home on the Range. Spider Man Home on the Range starring Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> uh fuck anyway keep talking anyway as i was saying but yeah like but there is like these mild incorporations of fan service in the movie but like it's never to the plot's detriment mm-hmm. if anything it's just kind of tying everything together mm. and it actually kind of works like mm. um alex vincent shows back up at the very end of Curse of Chucky, and he's he's in quite a bit of Cult of Chucky. Jennifer Tilly mm. comes back. Um, I forget the actress's name who plays Kyle, but she comes back at the very yeah. end of Cult of Chucky. Mm-hmm. And she's in the TV show. I think she's only in a couple episodes, but she is in the TV show. Um, mm. You know, and like, I know Don Mancini's also been kind of saying, like, he wants to bring other characters back at some point because, like, it it almost does feel like he's kind of ramping up to wrap it all up. Right. Because, like, Brad Dorf's going to have to retire at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, might as well wrap it up while we can. And it really does feel like he's starting to do that, which is great. But, like, every time he brings back characters, it never feels cheap. Mm-hmm. It never feels cynical. It never feels like, oh, we're just trying to get asses in seats. It feels mm-hmm. like, oh, we're just kind of bringing people back. It's going to make fans happy, but also I'm doing it in service of a plot because it makes sense. Right. And it works really well. Um, I think the only other horror reboot that I really saw in the last few years that really did that effectively was Halloween. Mm. I think it, I, like, I, th- I, th- I think that one worked stupidly well at it. Like, Halloween Kills, not so much, but the first one, definitely. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just really interesting how much the horror landscape like really really changed even between like curse and cult Mm -hmm. because by the time cult came out like yeah we were like in fucking reboot central yeah most child's play movies like take their fucking time especially Mm -hmm. post the original trilogy oh oh 100 we kind of mentioned this earlier but like child's play 3 was actually supposed to be kind of cult of chucky like don mancini's kind of had this idea of like an army of chucky's Mm -hmm. that's really funny to think about but an army of chucky's you know, for a very, very long time, but he wasn't able to do it until now, because yeah. now his movies are going straight to video or now television, and literally nobody's paying attention to what he's doing, which is good because mm. it means the movies yeah. are good. There's, there's one thing I remembered bringing up to you yesterday, and I, I still stand by it. But this whole mm. idea of it's been thirty years of Chucky terrorizing people as a killer yeah. sentient doll. There have been several moments where people will be like, yeah, we know this happened. We're very aware that a sentient doll that kills people exists. Literally documented evidence. Documented evidence. And people are still being fucking institutionalized over it. (laughs) Which is so goofy. (laughs) However... mm. Oh. However, I and I did bring this up to you yesterday, and I said I'm terrified to bring this up on the pod. Yeah. This is definitely me reaching just to, like, make a plot hole make sense. But I kind of had mentioned, like, is this potentially Don Mancini's way 
of providing some semblance of social commentary over claims of abuse that have been dismissed over time. Is he consciously doing that? I kind of doubt it. Oh, no. Is he consciously doing it? No. Can it be read that way? Yes. Yeah, I I would say yes, especially with Cult. Mm -hmm. No, Uh, 100% with Cult. Actually, I think in Cult, that's the one where it feels the most conscious. Yeah, that yeah, I, I, especially with the the character, the the psych, the psychologist, the psychiatrist character. Um, yeah, I forget his name. Michael Ter- Michael Terrio plays him. He's terrific, uh, uh, Doctor Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, and yeah. um, he's and actually, um, the guy who plays him is actually in the Chucky TV show as well. Oh, okay. He plays a different character. different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he he's great, but like it just goes to show that like the very system that's supposed to help Fiona Dorif, like. It doesn't help her, first of all. It actually, like, institutionalizes her. And we talk about, like, what kind of the austere, oppressive environment of these movies. And, like, an asylum is just the de- the definition of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, the very person that's supposed to be kind of the guardian of this whole operation is, like, actively abusing her. Mm-hmm. I think you can definitely read into that a bit and come out saying, like, yeah, there, there is a bit, there is a, there is a little something here about... You know how we treat people who especially like experience like honestly generational trauma at this point mm-hmm. can you read super deep into it probably not but it's definitely there oh 100 that's the thing is like a lot of the things mancini will bring up he doesn't really go into depth with mm-hmm. but there's these little things that you kind of notice you go oh i feel like he's making a point about this or i feel like even if it's unintentional he's making he's trying to say something about this like i definitely do think that these movies are smart to a degree yeah and by that, I mean more that they're clever. Like, I don't think the Chucky movies are like, you know, these elevated pieces of art that need to be studied for decades to come. Mm-hmm. Unless you're studying Fiona Dorif in high heels. In her. In which case. In which case, you're st- decades. You're, you're going to need decades and a lot of fucking Kleenex. But, you know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know. Make sure to buy the big bottle of Vaseline for that research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come. Anyway. The second she opened her mouth when Chucky possessed her, and I heard what her accent was, my soul left my fucking body. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think the second she started insulting people, I was like... <laughs> I was like... Mommy... So so clearly we've discovered our respective kinks. Uh your your mine is hearing hearing uh, hearing accents come out of people. Yours <laughs> is degradation. Mine is <laughs> degradation being beaten senseless apparently cuz I would like her to also fucking kill me. <laughs> I mean mind you you're also I I mean I'm sure I mean that's got to be yours too cuz I know you, Again, you also I- you also mentioned I, that when she did, like, stomp on his fucking skull, you went, me next, me next, me next. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we've got something going for each other. We're in the same boat, pal. <laughs> I, I, I love how you and I just bond over, like, I, I find this weird movie I show you, and you and I just go, huh, well, this is how it awoke us sexually. <laughs> Well, first, first of all, it made me horny in these ways. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we got to get it out of our system now because once we get to the remake, it's not like the horniness is gone. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, uh, fuck. It... <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Before we move on, the fucking scene where Fiona Dorif leaves the hospital and sees Tiffany for the first time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Do we even want to say what it is, or should we just let people figure it out for themselves? If they no, 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 we can, no, no, we can, we can tell them. They yeah. make out. <laughs> that was probably actually what my, like, <laughs> if my soul hadn't left my body before. <laughs> no, I think at that point, I, at that point, I just imagined you, like, standing up and fucking cheering. My eyeballs were on fire. <laughs> In a good way, though. <laughs> I really, I really want you to show cult of chucky to your girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) just see what she thinks speaking of speaking of our misogyny let's talk about chucky's um so going back to your point of like people being like internalized like just real quick like you can even like kind of read into it with like chucky's own misogyny because like chucky is somebody who will just brutalize women Mm -hmm. like call it what of course it's like mostly played for laughs but, like, at the end of the day, Chucky is a misogynist who, like, will actively, like, just murder women. Yeah, like, uh, Tif- yeah, like Tiffany's straight up in an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you could even read into it a little bit there, because, like, there's this existence of this, like, little, little woman-hating ghoul. And, like, his existence is, like, completely in dispute, even though, like, there's evidence to, there's evidence to the contrary, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you could even read into it a little bit of that. It's like, this is how, like, kind of sexism and, like, abuse of women is portrayed sometimes. Where it's like, this is something that, like, it might exist, but, like, only in the abstract. And, like, when it is brought up, like, it's meant with, like, constant disbelief and skepticism. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I don't know, there's something about this movie coming out in 2017 that feels very, very right. And I think right on the heels of the Me Too movement, too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize until we watched it just how recent this movie was. Mm-hmm. And, like, this movie was clearly written and shot fucking prior to. Again, speaking of Chucky's weird little moral quandaries, I don't understand how he's such a fucking misogynist, but, like, as soon as, like, rape gets involved, he's like, yeah, no, that's my line. Yeah. He yeah, will, yeah. He will torment, abuse, kill you. But, like, as soon as, as soon as, like, rape comes up, it's like, yeah, no, that's the line. Yep. Chucky has the weirdest fucking moral qualities yeah. of all time. Yeah. Without <laughs> No, he's an devil. imperfect ally, but he's a semi problematic king. Yeah. Yeah. Just semi. Yeah. Just semi. Yeah, you commit murder. I mean, as as long as you stand for the important things like, you know, sexual assault and rape culture are inherently bad and you shouldn't be tampering with people's mail because it's a federal Yeah, offense. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what are your favorite kills in these movies? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this one there's this one actually that I really like that if it was in any other Chucky movie it would be the goofiest shit but like the way it's shot and the way it's composed is gorgeous mm. and I think I, I know which one you're talking about I forget the character's name but um she's the one that's like I think it's Claire Claire that's yeah. the one that's yeah the one. Claire yeah Claire's like the one that's like super fucking skeptical about you know Nika like as soon as she kind of shows up at the asylum no and and she and she gets this kill because like she's like freaking out because she finally realizes like oh shit Chucky's real and so the uh, Foley you know straps her to the bed gives her the sedative she can't move and Chucky just like shatters this fucking like glass pane like above him or above her like this like yeah he 
He uses, like, a canister of compressed oxygen to, like, yeah. bounce up and smash into the window. Yeah, and then all of it just comes down and, like, cuts her head off. Like, this giant shard just chops her head off. And, like, if it was any other Chucky movie, this would be the goofiest shit. But, again, it's the way it's shot. It's the way it's composed. It's the way everything's kind of put together. It's beautiful. Like, it's honestly one of the prettiest shots in the entire series. No, I agree. Like, I actually think that Cult of Chucky has my favorite cinematography out of all of them. Yeah, it's Cult and... I think Cult and Curse are my, like, favorite shot movies out of any of these. Mm-hmm. Um... That was also my favorite, but I also really like in the in the first movie, like kind of the first on screen death, I guess besides Fiona Dorf's mother, uh, is the the priest. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see the kill; you just see the aftermath mm-hmm. when like they pull over the wreckage of the car, and like immediately like his body falls apart. <laughs> that one was great. Walk it off, Padre. <laughs> um, but. Also, that the the chili from the preceding scene, like obviously that one had rat poison in it, but like still looked fucking delicious. Oh yeah, it looked great. <laughs> like it looked like they yeah. put some real work into that. So, Chris, yes, do you recommend Curse of Chucky and or Cult of Chucky? Yes, yes. Is this a semi horny recommendation? Yes. Mm. Do I care? No. Mm-hmm. They're 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 still really good movies. Like our desires to. Side, mm-hmm. and by that I mean, yeah, like these are mm-hmm. really, really well-made movies. Like especially for things again that went straight to video. Again, the way it, it almost feels like it did kind of fuck the trend in a way of like horror reboots, right? And it did it really effectively because mm-hmm. again, like anytime there's any sort of fan service, it never feels forced. It never feels cheap. It never feels lazy. And like these mm-hmm. movies are super effective and they're super well done. And like. Even if, like, the tone kind of shifts a bit between Curse and Cult, it still works really well. Right, right. Yeah. Do you do you recommend these films? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, they're my second and fourth favorite movies in the franchise, respectively. For very different reasons than my first and third favorite movies of the franchise. They're a drastic shift in not just tone, but, like, visuals that reinvents itself for the better. Like, would I, would I have liked another movie in the vein of, like, Bride or Seed? Sure. But, like, I think if it was going to adapt to this new era of horror, like, this was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to use the rest of my recommendation time to say my favorite line of dialogue in either of these two movies, which is between, like, three Chuckies. Oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. I, 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 give her. Where, where they're arguing over who gets to go and kill Andy. <laughs> and it was like, one was, was like, you got to suck titty today. <laughs> and then the one at the, the one who has like a, like a buzz cut or something. He's like, they're talking about who's suffered the most and who gets to, who, who would get to kill Andy. And that one's like, look at my hair. <laughs> like, oh shit, you win. Absolutely, pal. You go fuck him up real good. <laughs> Brett. Brandon Brandon watched the last half an hour of Cult of Chucky with me when I was rewatching it for this. Uh-huh. And, uh... Because, <laughs> you know, he came out at first, he was like, which one of these are you watching? And I went, Cult, and he goes, alright, fuck this, and he just went back into his room. Mm-hmm. And then he came back out because I was watching Cult of Chucky, he went, okay, I'm gonna sit down and watch this with you. And we got to that scene, he just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. He just looked at me like, this is so fucking goofy, and it's like, yeah, like, I don't know what you're scared of. 
they're, they're a blast honestly like curse is probably the scariest these movies get mm-hmm. but like even that is not especially scary yeah um, it's more in the atmosphere oh 100 percent. so chris before we talk about the child's play remake um why don't you say a few words about the chucky tv series okay with pleasure um it i know i kind of mentioned that like cult of chucky feels like a combination of what mancini has been trying to do with this franchise since the beginning i would say that even more about like the tv show right now right uh season one's over it's about eight episodes and i think like six hours in total Mm. but Mm. it's really really funny it's super fucking creepy the new characters they got are really really good a bunch of the old characters have been coming back so like fiona Dorov comes back jennifer tilly's back alex vincent's back like a bunch of people are back and like i I know he's been promising more for season two so we're probably gonna be seeing a lot more familiar faces and again like the fan service is working really well because it doesn't feel like you know oh hey look it's jennifer tilly and everyone claps for like 20 minutes while there's dead air right like oh no they actually play like integral they actually play these like super integral parts of the story the only thing i didn't like about season one and i can't really go into what happens but the thing that happens to nika at the end of season one is so fucking depressing that it makes everything she's gone through prior to this look like a fucking walk in the park oh boy oh yeah like my oh god the pit in my stomach i was like jesus dawn you didn't have to do this I would say what movie it reminds me of, but you would understand what happens right away, so I'm not going to tell you what movie it reminds me of. But it reminds me of something David Lynch adjacent. Okay. I'm really excited for season two. I highly recommend season one so far. It's Or like season one in general, because it's terrific. I guess I'm allowed to say this, and I can't believe I'm saying this after three years of begging and pleading and hounding for this. Mm-hmm. We promise a second episode of Chucky. Or, like, a second, like, episode about Chucky. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we finalized this, pl- this plan yesterday when we both got together and realized, yeah, we both enjoy all these movies. <laughs> uh, but, like, at some point, probably right after the second season of Chucky wraps, or, or, or shows, yeah. uh, the, the, when the last episode of the second season airs, I assume around then, I don't know when that is, but around then, we will be recording a second episode on Chucky. Yeah. And that'll be just on the TV series. Yeah, like, that'll just be, yeah, because you didn't get a chance to watch the show for this, which I kind of had a feeling was coming. Mm, yeah. Because, like, you know, he already had to go back and watch eight fucking movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a second, we're doing a second episode of the pod about Chucky. So, yeah. Um. So, yeah, there you go. That's my quick, quick thoughts on the show i don't want to go into spoilers because stefan hasn't seen it but it's it's really good so far and with that we'll talk about the other kind of chucky revival it feels weird to say it because it only came out two years after the last like theatrical well not really theatrical but feature length uh don mancini chucky movie uh but this is child's play um the remake that which came out in 2019 uh, I'm just looking up who di- who directed it because I totally forgot. He's a relative. He's a relative unknown. He only has one other movie. Uh, his name is uh, Lars Klevberg. Mm-hmm. 
and it's written by Tyler Bur- Tyler Burton Smith, and essentially it's a remake of the first Child's Play with that takes place in the modern day. So like instead of Chucky being a doll possessed by the school the soul of a serial killer, he's actually a doll who like doubles as like a Google Home kind of device. Mm-hmm. He's kind of this all-purpose device made by like a a multi like a soulless conglomerate in our day and age. Uh, but also he's like a, a, a artificial intelligence that plays with um, Andy, who in this movie is played by Gabriel Bateman, while his mom is played by Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is ba- it, that is basically Child's Play. It's definitely a departure from the original, not only in the sense that it's got a very different tone, like it's it's a it's produced by Seth Graham Smith, who I believe also produced the the new It movies. Yeah. And there is kind of that, um, I don't know how to describe the vibe necessarily, but it's, like, very accessible horror is what I would call it. Yeah, like, this oh. this movie, I think somebody involved said they were influenced by E.T. when they were making this. It would not surprise me one bit. No, like, this movie, this really does feel like a very different take on Child's Play. I think one that is fine like it's it's I, I think it's a completely valid take on child's play yeah it's very different but it's 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 a good take yeah um i guess i'll go into my general thoughts first mm-hmm. fuck it i did not see this movie until very very much later i think i watched it like end of 2020 going into 2021 i think yeah I guess I'll have to find out. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't remember when I ended up... Letterboxd is a good thing. Yeah, December of 2020 was when I finally got around to watching it. And, like... Because it was on sale or something. I think mm. I found it for, like, six bucks. I thought, fuck it, I'll watch it. Whatever. Mm. You know, you know, the movie already basically, you know, made whatever money it could. I'll mm. splurge six bucks on this and see how bad it is. And the reason for that is because Don Mancini jennifer tilly and like literally everybody involved in like what they're currently doing with chucky right now they're, they were fucking pissed that this movie was being made because united artists only had the rights to child's play right so if they're gonna do a remake they can only really remake the first one everything else is under universal so any characters from child's play and all that like yeah they're yeah you can yeah like he can like they can do shit with it it doesn't matter and Don Mancini was pissed because he thought that if this movie did well, that meant that whatever he was working on for the TV show, which was in development at the exact same time, mm. whatever was going to happen with the TV show was probably going to get axed if the remake mm. did well. And it probably doesn't help either that like, and I do not mean this as an insult to the remake because I think it works. It, it works in the remake's favor. Mm-hmm. where it really does feel like a watered down version of Chucky mm-hmm. like a lot of that perversion is gone a lot of that mean spiritedness is gone a lot of that a lot of that brutality to a degree is gone too mm. it almost does feel kind of sanitized like I said it works for this but it like if this was supposed to be like a like more of a straight remake of the original and not it doing its own thing yeah like it would be fucking terrible and I think the only reason why this movie kind of works is because it is doing its own thing. Like, I think it's very clearly not trying to like ape off of Brad Dourif or something. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like this works really well on its own as again, its own separate take. Like 
I've said this a lot today, and I'm sure I've said this several times on the pod, but, like, there is room in the sandbox for both of these takes. Yeah. And it would be ideally nice to see both of these takes kind of flourish mm. and just kind of work alongside each other, but there shouldn't have to be any sort of, like, well, if this one did well, then let's kibosh the other one, because I think that's what's going on right now in the exact opposite way that Mancini was fearing. Yeah, exactly. Because, like... Because, yeah, like, the, the, the TV show actually did super fucking well. It looks like the movie's not getting a... Like, it looks like the remake's not getting a sequel at all. Yeah, it did well enough. Like, its budget was $10 million and its box office was $45 million, I believe. Yeah, so it but more or less broke even. It made a profit. It, like, it, it did well enough, but, like, it doesn't really look like the studio is that interested in moving forward with it. Like, Clevberg was in, was interviewed about it, and he said, like, yeah, I'd love to do another one, but, like, it's, it's up to the studio at this point, and... Mm-hmm there hasn't really been any movement in that direction no no and like i mean maybe it's a covid thing i don't know like maybe they just kind of figured that like moving forward with a child's play sequel right now isn't a good idea Mm. i mean mind you they also kind of shot themselves in the foot when they decided yeah we're gonna put it out like the weekend that toy story 4 comes out yeah that is that might have not been a great idea fucking stupid move with the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> yeah, like, really, with the benefit of hindsight, huh? I would have just used my brain. Just gone, huh, let's yeah, not of put course. this... In. Like, some of the marketing with the new Child's Play was really clever, too, because I, I really liked how, like, some of the promotional posters, because, like, they really took advantage of the fact that, like, it was coming out the same weekend as Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, those promotional posters of, like, Chucky fucking murdering the Toy Story cast. Th- those are super cool. Yeah, like, other than that, why the fuck would you release it the same weekend? Yeah, no. Makes no fucking sense to me. Anyway, Stefan, what did you think of it? Because we haven't really talked about it much. No, we have not. Um, It's a very, 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 very fun movie. I, I said that Ch- that Curse and Cult are my favorite shot movies of the, of these, and I, I still hold by that, but I really like how this is shot as well. Oh my god, there's some uh, beautiful shots in this movie. Yeah, like, I, I know, I, I'm i sure there's some people out there who are kind of sick of this kind of aesthetic because it's not an uncommon one where it's, like, the very, like, kind of, not neon, but, like, the, the very pretty colors is what I'll call it. Sure. Um, But I, I don't care. Like, I love that kind of visual style. Mm-hmm. Um, And, it, yeah, it looks terrific. I'm really surprised that, like, as far as I can tell, like, Lars Klevberg hasn't really done much besides this and, like, an, another, like, small horror movie that nobody really saw. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the dynamic between Aubrey Plaza and Gabriel Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very it's just very fun to watch. Uh, Mark Hamill voices Chucky this time around. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very different from Brad Dourif. Like, it's not this, like, edgy misogynist who, like, just it just cracks one-liners the whole time. There's still humor, but it's very dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, the This Is For Tupac scene that comes to so mind. so funny. That was so great. But Mark Hamill, like, there's this very, like, kind of mournful, actually more mournful edge to him at a certain point. And before that, it's this very kind of goofy and playful thing because it's, like, an AI that's behaving in the way an AI knows how to behave, and gets, but it gets, like, attached to a human. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely different take, but Mark Hamill still does a great job at it. It's hard not to. Like, he's one of the greatest voice actors alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think overall it it is a really terrific take on it um like the only real problem i have with it is like and it's not even really a problem all the time like you mentioned that this movie is kind of sanitized and it is and that's not really a problem 
there's like a there's like a supporting cast of other kids in the neighborhood and they're not really developed Mm -hmm. like at all this might just be my read on it but it kind of feels like they wanted to kind of pull an it and have like a supporting cast of like other kids that andy could bounce off of but either a lot of their material was cut out or they didn't really do anything with it so it does feel a little tacked on to me at least the other big problem with like horror movies nowadays like especially mainstream ones like because this is going for something more mainstream yeah of course and like kind of the big problem with doing that is like again like this is where we come back to the nostalgia thing because like you know stranger things and fucking it like those came out around the same yeah. time and mm. this is clearly trying to be like that as well mm. and i'm getting really fucking sick and tired of it mm. and i think they did actually want to give those kids kind of that like it or stranger things vibe but like they're not interesting. <laughs> no, they're really not. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but also, like, what better way mm. to bond with your friends? Of, of course. It definitely doesn't, like, help its case in that manner. That I, I, and again, this isn't necessarily a negative. It's just something to point out mm-hmm. regarding that, like, one of the producers is Seth Graham Smith, who was a producer on the It movies. Oh, yeah, and his like, influence is all over this fucking movie. Yeah, there's there's common DNA here. Like oh, yeah. it's 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 cl- that's clearly what it's shooting for, and it mostly pulls it off really well. It's just there's a couple times it's like, ah, eh, this probably doesn't hit as hard as it should. Yeah, part of it is just that it's just not as mean spirited. It's just a different era. Like you, most mainstream horror movies like nowadays like won't go that direction. No. Part of it is just, like, something gets lost in the tra- in the translation of Stranger Things, the, the Stranger Things or It vibe to Child's Play. Mm-hmm. This also, like, hits a lot harder on, like, kind of the anti-consumerist satire, satire that was kind of set up in the original movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they bring it up in the other movies, but they never do anything with it. And to an extent, it's, like, pretty light here, but it also says a little more directly on, like... It it also does speak a little more directly on, like, these corporations, like, involvement in our everyday lives at a certain point. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like they take over and, like, dominate it at a certain point. Yeah. Um, maybe not the machines themselves, but, like, the corporations that they represent. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, and, and I'm surprised how well it's aging, too. Yeah, absolutely. As, like, technology evolves and, like, these corporations use it for their, essentially their own ends to market their own products, like it's going to get more and more relevant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, it, it comes back to, I, I'm sure I've said this on the pod before, but like when you're doing satire, it's kind of best to do it in a way that's going to seem more universal as opposed mm-hmm. to like creating a satire that's based entirely around like a certain period of time or a certain person. Right. That way it comes out more effectively. And I think this is one of those where, like, it works really well because, like, it, it there is a universality to it. Like, this is going to be relevant in, like, five years. Because mm-hmm. it's still kind of relevant right now when the movie came out three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. With that said, did you have anything else to talk about, like, regarding, like, Mark Hamill or anything else? Or I, I really liked him in it. I mean, mm-hmm. bes- like, he his performance is kind of dry most of the time, but, like, again, like you said, sometimes it works for the benefit of, like, the story or the humor. You know, again, like, the This Is For Two box scene is fucking hilarious. Which, speaking of, which, uh, speaking of This Is For Tupac, the fucking scene where Shane dies. Oh my god. Incredible. I wanted him to die so fucking badly. Oh yeah, no, and this, oh, the second he died, it was just, yes. 
and like the and yeah like the way the way that people kind of die in this movie too they're, they're that's where the edge kind of is in this movie uh uh-huh. like the violence feels like a child's play movie and I also really like how it kind of does utilize the fact that, like, Chucky is kind of like a Google Home type thing to its advantage. Yeah, that he's no, definitely. small and sneaky and nobody's thinking to look around for him. Mm-hmm. Like, it were, like again, this, this movie kind of does feel like kind of a semi-response to just kick the fucker. It's like, how or can you kick... You can't kick the fucker if the fucker is literally everywhere. Exactly. You already mentioned this, the, the, the Shane one, and that was definitely, like, the most cathartic one for me. Mm-hmm. I also really like the scene where um it's Aubrey Plaza's like douchebag boss and he's under uh this like Chucky mascot mask mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And like he's getting ready to like greet kids or to so they can sell that fucking toy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like Chucky stabs him under the mask and he just staggers out and like takes off the mask and just starts fucking spurting blood on everybody. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> That entire was climax was awesome too. Yeah, it, it was that, that. Yeah, that was all super fucking cool. That fucking ruled. Um, mm. Also, Bear McCreary's score. Oh, I fucking love Bear McCreary. Oh, same. <laughs> he is one of the most underrated composers working today. 100 percent. Like between yeah. this and like Godzilla King of the Monsters, like his entire the entire 2019 academy awards for best original score should have just been bear mccrary for whatever he was working on that year yeah absolutely because he was going like, fucking hard yeah oh god every time every fucking time i see bear mccrary credited on a movie going in i just i just know i'm in for a fucking treat oh yeah at least at least with the score I, yeah i love the the main theme that plays like right off the top mm-hmm. it's so fucking good oh, it's so fucking good <laughs> Honestly, probably my favorite music out of the entire franchise. I think I like um, the music more in the TV show, but fair. I have well, I haven't seen the TV show, so yeah. I'll t- I'll take your word for it. Um, okay. With that said, Chris, do you recommend Child's Play twenty nineteen? Uh, oh shit! Sorry, I I, I was just up. Uh, my my page was at mm-hmm. at the part in your notes where you quoted Nika saying, "You're a fucking poser. You're sick and not in the fun way like me." That w- and I felt something. <laughs> Maybe that's when my soul left my body. My soul left my body a lot that night. <laughs> it's such a horny film. <laughs> it's so horny. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yes, I recommend Child's Way 2019. Stefan, do you recommend Child's Way 2019? I do. It's a very, very different vibe, and you should know that going in. It really, really sucks that like, and I understand the, this reaction, but that the peop- that the original, the Chucky OGs, uh, all like re- were like so repulsed by it. Mm-hmm. I understand them. I totally understand them and agree with their reasoning. Yeah. Um. In a in a in a just world though, there really shouldn't really be a problem. Yeah. Like. Um. With the the existence of both, but I understand why it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, before we sign off, can we go back to talking about Fiona Dora for is that as that ship sailed? Uh, it's a free country. Okay, great. Um, Jesus Christ, man. Was that it? No, I mean, <laughs> there's there's other things I'm trying to. There's other things I would love to say. Mm. Can she spit in my face? <laughs> So what are your five favorite lines from these movies? Um, 
recite them in <laughs> Chucky's voice, please. Yeah, yeah. I have that as, as a stipulation in our notes. We have to say our five favorite lines from the Child's Play franchise, but in Chucky's voice, assuming they were said by Chucky. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead? Okay, so this actually first one is not really Chucky. It's actually Andy uh, from the first movie. Um, he said Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. <laughs> um next (laughs) um i feel like you're gonna say this one so i'll leave that to you okay um there's a couple that i'm just gonna leave to you fuck uh from child's play three Uh uh-huh don't fuck with the chuck yeah that was gonna be one of mine (laughs) go on as as well as Chucky's gonna be a bro. <laughs> okay. Um, women can't live with them. Period. <laughs> you have your mother's eyes, and they were always too fucking close together. <laughs> and I think this might be six, but fuck it, I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, this is for Tupac. <laughs> all right i'm gonna go with mine one's gonna be from the tv show Mm. everything else is gonna be from the movies Mm. and i'm not gonna include this is for tupac just because he brought it up yeah um so we'll we'll start with number five which is don't fuck with the chuck (laughs) (laughs) um Number four is a bit from the TV show. So Chucky's dressed in a Hello Kitty mask, trick-or-treating. Or, like, blending mm. in with the trick-or-treaters on Halloween. And he's, like, kind of cackling to himself with a Hello Kitty mask on. And then he starts looking around at the people in their Halloween costumes while he's got the fucking mask and shit on. And he just goes, Jesus Christ, y'all look like a bunch of damn idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, number three... Oh, what the hell this is one of my favorite this is my favorite exchange from cults this is when chucky's talking to the the first woman he kills okay let me explain something to you i'm a vintage mass-marketed <laughs> children's toy from the 80s standing right in front of you holding a very sharp scalpel no you're not <laughs> yes i am i'm a schizophrenic i see things aren't you the crazy bitch i talked to last night on the phone sometimes i hear things too okay lady you know what you're next. I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> Jesus fucking cuckoo's nest. <laughs> um, in which case, <laughs> I realized you didn't say it. <laughs> I feel like you saved this one for me, so I'm not gonna say it, and I'm gonna try something else. Okay. <laughs> My number two pick, out of spite, <laughs> is, um, is gonna be... It's the scene where Chucky looks at Tiffany and goes, Well, that'd explain your sister. <laughs> and my number one pick, mm. best Chucky quote of all time, spell woman. <laughs> Did you notice some that I missed <laughs> deliberately? Yeah, a few. <laughs> to fuck with you. <laughs> so would you like to get those out of your system now? Alright, 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 alright. One second, one second, one second, one second, one second, one second. One second. Um, so, you goddamn women drivers! (laughs) And, um, 
you know, I actually, I think that might have actually been the last one. Um, so, you know, if you wanted to move into, like, you know, our final side. You stupid bitch! You filthy <laughs> slut! Ah! I'll teach you to fuck with me! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, God. And that hits our swearing quota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I... I... Oh, God. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sequel to K, where we talked about the funny doll who calls women whores sometimes. Yes. Uh, we will be back for more Chucky at some point within the year, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, we, but plans change, but that's what it's looking like. Mm-hmm. Before we do our usual sign-off... Uh, we actually have something to plug. Do you want to talk about it, or do you want me sure, to Sure, I'll talk about it. it. Alright, take it away. Hey kids, are you sick and tired of watching Amy Schumer? I think society as a whole is pretty sick of that, yeah. Great. Uh, Amy Schumer will unfortunately be hosting the Academy Awards this year, and mm. in spite of our, be- our, our better judgment, we've decided to, uh, host a live show where we just react and talk react to and talk about the oscars among other things obviously we won't be live streaming the actual show because Mm -hmm. we're doing this on fucking twitch and i think the only place we actually get away with streaming the entire ceremony live would be pornhub yeah we don't really want to do that so (laughs) not not really it feels like a lot of hoops to jump through yeah so it's gonna be just stefan (laughs) and i talking for like four hours yeah, depending on how long they decide to drag that fucking ceremony out. Yeah, um, it's gonna be live. It's gonna be. <laughs> it means we gotta watch our fucking mouths. Um, <laughs> we can't say the band words on Twitch. We might try. <laughs> not the slurs. Like no, not the, the slurs. But the like, innocuous, the ones. innocuous ones. <laughs> we might try to say simp, virgin, or incel. Yeah, we might. We yeah. might. We might. We we get bored. We might. Mm. Um, Volcel isn't banned though. Which is interesting. Which is fascinating. So maybe we'll just call everyone Volcells until we get banned. Um, yeah, exactly. This is probably going to be, by and large, the raunchiest sequel decay thing we ever put out there because we have nothing to edit ourselves with. Yeah. <laughs> like, we truly have no way of cutting around anything. Yeah, like, if something comes out, something comes out. <laughs> Essentially, it's going to be like a fire sh- a fireside chat combined with a really long commentary track. Yeah, yeah. It, with minimal to no editing. With no with n- Actually, no, just editing. no editing at all. It's live. Yeah, there's yeah. no editing. There might there's going to be a lot of moments yeah. where you and I just sit there very quietly and go, "Hmm." Yeah. So, if uh if you are free at what time did the Oscars start again? So that's 5 p.m. my time, 7 p.m. your time? Yeah, the Oscars, I believe, yeah, they start at 7 o'clock Eastern. We are going to be starting at about 6 o'clock Eastern. And that's 4 o'clock Mountain yeah, Time, that's... or 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. Um. So we're going to be, we're aiming to be, like, online streaming at around then. Uh, feel free to Feel free to come by. Just join us, because, like, I don't know, are Oscar parties really a thing anymore? No. Like, you don't have plans. It's Sunday night, you don't have plans. You don't have plans. Yeah, yeah. You, you can come hang out with us. We'll, we'll, we'll all riff on it together. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be the most fun anybody's had of, re- regarding the Oscars in probably decades. Oh, 100%. It's going to be a blast. 
we definitely hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't make it, uh, we are looking into maybe releasing clips or the whole VOD on YouTube, but uh, we won't know about that for sure until a little later. But that's that's the that's the hope anyway. Yeah, it'll be yeah. So yeah, that'll be March twenty seventh. So that's this Sunday coming up at six o'clock Eastern, four Mountain Time, three Pacific. Let's get this sign off on the road then. All right, I'm going to do the sign off this time because I think you did it the last couple times. I feel bad. All good. Uh, Good evening, you fucking losers. Thank you for listening to the show once again. (laughs) Yeah, you feel bad, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, anyways, I was saying thank you for listening to the show this week. We really appreciate it. I hope you come Mm. back again. Just because I called you a fucking loser. You can like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, links are in the description below. Uh, we are all we are. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. Um, because apparently we're on fucking everything. I was doing kind of a Google search this morning, just kind of like, oh, I wonder what we're on. Oh, everything. Cool. So you can find us wherever. Yeah, yeah. You can find us wherever um, podcasts are found. Our main hosting site is Anchor. Um, they've been nice to us ever since we started doing this stupid mm. show. As if they actually have a stake mm. in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have a YouTube channel that we just occasionally post clips and shit to. That might be also where you can find our Oscar stream if you are not able to make it. Um, we will also be mm. posting the link to our Twitch channel that we're going to be doing the Oscar stream on on Twitter and any mm. actually any and every social media as well as in the description below so check that out um, we also have uh, uh, yeah we also have links to our individual Twitter and Letterboxd accounts you can follow us there and mm. talk to us there my Twitter account might not be up soon I don't know we'll see if I can finally kick the addiction because <laughs> I'm way too hooked on Twitter right now and I fucking hate it and i'm trying to get off social media i'm slowly getting there i needed to reactivate my facebook to cha- to grab to get a couple things yeah and of course we've uh we've provided links to um the mi'kmaq treaty rights and livelihood fisheries black lives matter and the indian residential school survivors society those are all down there feel free to click on those show support don't suck mm. Oh yeah, if you have any hate mail for us, yeah, we we, we accept DMs on Twitter. We also uh, we also have an email. You can just send those straight to us, and we just read them. So if you want to send us hate mail, mm-hmm. we highly encourage hate mail. Oh, and some stupid thing about some fucking baseball blog that's on here, and nobody actually cares about. Hey, that's me. So if you want to support Stefan's baseball blog, J Slam. The <laughs> link is in the description below. <laughs> But if you if you if you're like me and you like to go outside and have sex with girls and touch grass, listen to sequels again. <laughs> I was gonna say don't subscribe to your blog, but okay. <laughs> Sequel decay is for the people who fuck. <laughs> J Slam is for the people who uh, cock or who get cocked. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, now that that's over. We can say goodbye. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Good, good. We hope to see. We do hope to see you on Sunday. Yes, we hope to see you on Sunday. Um, I'm 25 now. Fuck. Congrats. Don't, congrats on don't aging. Don't fucking congratulate me, a piece of shit.
<laughs> anyway, goodbye, everyone.